Is she like a magician? Slide of hand work here? What are you getting? Well, I'm getting a bounce. Mm -hmm. um, but there's a lightness within it as well. Interesting. Yeah. You know, just, honey, it's a very yeah. color, and I'll tell you why. Mm -hmm. Terry and I worship an unconventional deity. The power of another dimension. Now, you're not going to read about this dimension in a book or in a magazine or uh, in a newspaper uh, because it doesn't exist anywhere except in my own mind. Well, good afternoon, evening, morning, day, whatever. Yes. Uh, this, is the, uh, <clears throat> this is a very rare special edition of uh, The David Allen Show. Important. Uh, we have with us in... Actually, in studio, um, uh, a s secret, <laughs> a covert op with us. Uh, Jay, welcome to the show. Thank you. <laughs> it is afternoon somewhere, you know. Oh, that's true. We shall name him Jay. <laughs> um, that there's not. That's just the letter, Jay. Jay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we were chatting prior to this. Um, uh, in in one of your other lives, Jay, you um, play around in the cyber world. Is that correct? Yeah, I play around. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, and you were near some uh, outside influences recently. Yeah, attended a little minor, just a small one, actually very small, technology conference recently. So actually, for the last three days. So it, guess what's guess what's on my <laughs> right. mind right <laughs> so, now? Yeah, what is I was kind of looking for a Saturday psychiatrist <laughs> to get some Prozac or something. Oh, a little wow. pick me up. So what what is the? Um, well, let, let's go straight to the fear. What is the biggest danger right now that that is on the minds of um, people in your position when it comes to to cyber? Well, cyber. You know, here's the mistake. So I got put in charge of actually, this year I got put in charge of actually, you know, lining up the speaker events, I, you know. So the second guy out of the gate is a guy that uh, deals in cyber security and he's worked for companies that, uh, uh, well, he's worked for Amazon, he's worked for eBay, he's done security stuff. But 45 minutes of his hour speech was essentially giving us examples of free hacker tools and showing us how hackers can pretty much get into anything they want. The last 15 minutes was him explaining how to slow him down. But the theme of the whole speech or presentation, and then from that point forward, virtually every speaker touched on the fact that uh, if a hacker wants in, they're in. It's like, an, it's like a shooter. You can slow them down, but if they want to shoot you, they're going to shoot you. So figure out how to slow them down. The only way to, to not get shot is to not be there. The only way to not get attacked, a cyber attack, is to, is to, un to unplug. That was it. I mean, really? it was it was that depressing. I mean, he made a statement at one point. He said, uh, he said, if if you think that your credit card information isn't already owned by a hacker at some point, you're delusional. The only reason it hasn't been used is because you're not important enough to that hacker. Wow. Or the content you have, they don't need yet. Right. Or whether it's and and by hacker, I guess we should explain. Most people think hackers that weird white guy with zits in his mom's basement <laughs> right um is sorry. that not the case uh, sometimes <laughs> some, sometimes <laughs> but now he's talking i mean he made the comment that uh, he actually went to school overseas 
he, he went to school overseas because uh, after he got his bachelor's degree, he wanted to learn how to be a hacker so that then he could kind of reverse engineer the hackers to better protect companies. <clears throat> mm-hmm. uh, but he couldn't go to China because of the dozen schools that were in China that taught hacking. He said they are all state-sponsored, and he doesn't look Chinese, so he couldn't be state-sponsored. And then the same problem with Russia. He said there's several schools in Russia that teach hacking, and this was, I think, I think it was about 15 years ago he said he went to school. So 15 years ago he was looking for a hacking school overseas. And they, and they were there. State state run. State sponsored overseas. So he went to Ukraine wow. and, and found a private hacking college or a private I don't know if it was a college, but private hacking school and his first class was taught by an eighteen year old Ukraine girl. Oh man. Fifteen years ago. That was about fifteen years ago. He said within thirty minutes of being in class, the girl had his name, social, last five addresses, and the five credit cards that he brought with him to the Ukraine. <laughs> Is she like a magician? Slide of hand work here? No, no, no. Not the physical credit card. But it's nuts. She, she had a piece of paper with all of wow. his personal information. That she was able to just go get. So that was like 15 years ago. Yeah. I cannot imagine. So, just with the speeds of, tech, of, of the hardware nowadays and the power that's in, heck, in our phones now. So imagine the stuff. So that's the year that 2000. Fast. I mean, that's the year that's 2000. That's after the, the bubble. 2001. I mean, yeah. that was when everything was going to fall apart. Yeah. So think, 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 think about the phone that you had in the year 2001. I think that I was, was using. Was it a flip phone? Oh, uh-huh. was it even that? Mm, yeah. 2001. I think I, at that point, I think there was at least Blackberry at that point. And I'm thinking Blackberry was kind of the big thing at that point. Mo- Nokia was huge. Um, I think. Now she figured that off, uh, all the all that out on the internet. She didn't like pull out a gun and say, "What's your name? What's your social security number?" Fifteen minutes in, and then well, made him take. It. I guess that depends <laughs> because he didn't specifically say that she got it off of the internet. So oh. I suppose perspective is truth. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the buzzword now. Um, <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> perspective is truth. Well, well, look, look at Facebook Live. I mean, you see these shootings, oh, they're showing this truth, obviously, which makes it true. Uh, But I I imagine in context, because he was talking about a hacking class, he was making a point about hackers Mm -hmm. being able to get information electronically. Uh, In 2001, the first monochromatic displayed cell phone was in 2001. Wow, so... If so that was, was no, Nokia, the first big, the brick phone, you know, the, the thick, no, no pull-out antenna that was done with. But it was the brick that, you know, it looked like you're holding a little Gray. block up to your, to your face here. Yeah. <clears throat> wow. Uh, I remember those Nokia phones way back when with the, uh, they had, the, I mean, the only thing that I know is, or remember is the, uh, the games that were on them, you know. Well, and I think, yeah. And it okay. was Nokia. <clears throat> so I know, well, okay, so here we go. So I, I looked up on the Wikipedia, and I imagine I imagine yeah. that nobody would have a reason to actually, you know, modify this data. But in the year 2000, mm-hmm. HP Compaq, so I think it was still Compaq, not, I don't think they had merged at that point. Yeah. Compaq had a pocket... PC digital assistant that had a 
pocket version of Windows Mobile. Wow. So it didn't have cell phone. Let's see. Did it have cell phone access? I don't think it actually had cell phone access at that point. But it was at least, it, it looked like what you would consider today as a, as a BlackBerry with a color screen. So that was in the year 2000, but it didn't have cell phone access quite yet. Mm-hmm. But you could wireless network. So you could connect to a network with wireless, which was probably fairly rare in 2000, yeah. 2001. Yeah. Yeah, it would be. So that was 15 years ago. So 15 years ago, he's in a he's in a hacking class in Ukraine, and within 30 minutes, his 18 year old instructor uh, was able to collect all of his personal information in 30 minutes. Now, now, um, I I'm wondering, in some ways, was it easier back then because there were fewer people on, so there's less stuff to slog through to get information. Well, I, I don't, you know, maybe, yeah, sure, that's a great theory. That sounds good. Maybe security was a lot less, but uh, I, I don't anticipate this guy had any reason for mm-hmm. lying. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a, chan- there's a chance that he was, a you know, just a tremendous liar. But he did make the comment that at this point, uh, if he wanted any information from any of us, he could have he could have picked it up within a few minutes. You mean just with so, hardware he had with him could have just yeah. been able to get in there? Yeah, exactly. He says he does demonstrations, but he has to get permission because doing it without permission oh, sure is illegal. it's a crime, right. So he can do demonstrations. Uh, he, uh, he said he can pick up any computer, um, and if it is a Windows-based PC, mm-hmm. he, can, he can go from powered off to or he can go from log on screen to having complete control of the whole computer within 15 seconds without knowing the without password. Without knowing a password. Yeah. <clears throat> now, does he say how? I yep. mean, is he actually breaking the password told, or are there nope. hacks around the password? He didn't, he didn't, no, it's not breaking the password. There's hacks around getting into that. And mm-hmm. he told that he gave us, cause it was a security. Sure. So he gave us the explanation of how to do that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there's some ways to slow it down through encryption right. and, but, uh, you know. So even with encryption, can that stop it? Depends on how detailed the encryption is. He said the biggest problem really is that people use passwords that are less than 20 random characters. He said the magic number at this point is 14 characters that are random. Right, that don't make any sense. Yep. Mm-hmm. So special characters, upper, lower... If he said, if you're a 14 any, is that number that minimum, four, he said 14 is what makes it, it, it's what breaks it to the point of inconvenient enough for the hacker that they normally just let go because mm-hmm. it's just not worth it at that point. Sure. So 14 random characters. Now I have a question and maybe you'll get to it later. Um, biometrics, will that help at all? Uh, there's actually that we brought that up and the problem with, um, the problem with biometrics, he said, it helps, but the challenge with biometrics is there are already biometrics um, capture devices. So just like there are key loggers that you can mm-hmm. really you can put on a computer, so you can just grab your are, fingerprint yep, or eyeball. There, there are biometric captures that will capture the whatever biometric you're using. So like Windows 10 has this feature called Windows Hello, right. and it I, looks I think, at your face. Yeah, it looks and at your it reads face. Your face and right. unlocks your, yeah. your camera. So holy cow, I don't want to do that. Yeah. So just like there's a key logger that they can mm-hmm. put on your computer, there's a biometrics because capture. all biometrics is condensed into like 
It's just O's and ones. Or zeros yeah, basically, and ones. because it all comes down to digital, so they can capture it. He said probably the the best technology that you can use if you want to be fully secure is like a like what the military uses a cat card. So it's basically like a smart card, but you have to have it physically plugged into the computer. And then once it's plugged into the computer, you're signed in, and the encryption decrypts, and you can use it. But the moment the card is gone, then the computer is encrypted, and it's like 256-bit encryption. Uh-huh. Right, so there's just no way to get in without that key. And if I have your card, I ha- unless you've got your name on the card mm-hmm. and your name on the computer physically... Oh, that doesn't work. I don't know... I mean, I could have your card. Oh, so the card is anonymous know. looking. No, no, no. It, well, they can be, but like the military cards, it's like a military <clears throat> ID. Okay. But the, his point was it's kind of like having a key and a hotel full of doors. You don't know which key the door oh, goes to. because it doesn't say room seven. Right, so now it slows you down again. But then you would have to physically be there with a computer doing it. You'd have to have the physical card. So this would that would end up, he didn't it's say no this. It's no longer a hacker. This is somebody actually stealing. That's that's yeah. a professional that knows I'm going, to, I'm going to kill you, take your card, and get into your computer. I mean, that's, that's really what that is. I know where your card is, and I know which computer is yours. And most people can't stop that. Not... Jason Bourne. Essentially, (laughs) at that point, if somebody wants my computer, I'm going to give it to them. Yes. So so there you have it. So here we go. So it was a conference of three days. That was the second speaker in. (laughs) Made everyone feel good. (laughs) Yeah. So here's 50 people sitting in a conference all with crying. All with... (laughs) With egos that tell their boss they're completely secure year after year to justify their position, and then we're told two hours into a three-day conference, there's nothing you can do to stop me. (laughs) Except it's illegal, so that stops everybody. Because clearly, hacking's illegal. Gun laws stop, right? You know, so murder being illegal stops murder all the time. Yeah, Mm -hmm. you bet. So, so there we go. So that's that was kind of the. that that was the uh, the lovely uplifting news that we were able to listen to right off now, the bat. Now, <clears throat> back in the '60s, '70s, '80s, when it came to nuclear weapons, there was this principle of MAD, mutual assured destruction. Mothers against drunk drivers. I was going to say <laughs> mothers against yeah. <laughs> no mutual assured destruction. So if you nuke me, I'm going I'm to completely destroy. So there's there's. No profit in you doing something like that because the end is assured if you do it. Yeah, I mean, it's if you're suicidal and you want to wipe out life on Earth, you could do that. Do they have any of is is that something that might be preventing um, countries <clears throat> from just willy nilly shutting down the power grid or? Well, but how does this fall? How does Stuxnet fall into that? Oh, that's you because that's a. I mean, that was that was specifically I think, I think designed though for those centrifuge Iran's nuke places, correct? Yeah, mm-hmm. made by us. I and, think and it, Israel didn't come out right, but we had a big yeah. hand in it. We were behind it, correct? I think. Or is um, this classified? No, <laughs> classified. I, that's that's way. Yeah, um, I'm at a much smaller <laughs> level than that. Wait, wait, you work in the base of a mountain? What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. So, so you're staring at me. You see the zits, and I'm working in my basement. Right. And, <laughs> Mom. Yeah, I'm yeah. on the phone. Give me some more milk. <laughs> Get me my bag of Cheetos. Stop streaming Netflix and cut the top off so it doesn't sound crunchy when I'm eating. <laughs> So, I mean, but does that um, 
Does that kind of fall into... Okay, let me rephrase this. How real is a cyber war? Or is that too ambiguous of a term? I think it ends too quickly. Oh, so it's not worth it? Well, yeah. I mean, what's what's the... I think I think a cyber war, it's, it's more like a... Skirmish? It, in, instead of... A cyber war is not about destruction. A cyber war is more about control. So... So I suppose I, I think I think we're talking more about powers that be intentionally um, not allowing a cyber war to happen um, because it's more about directing media, directing control, mm-hmm. controlling that. Let, let's face it. Having having the media on the interwebs is a lot more powerful than turning the interwebs off. Mm hmm. So why would the powers that be want to what about, shut that down? What about banking? You know, over in uh, in Europe, I think was it last year or so? Was it Greece? Uh, the banks shut down withdrawals. You couldn't take money out of, your money out of the bank because there was some panic going on. It was a bank run. That was a bank run, though. That wasn't that wasn't about cybersecurity. That right, was, but but because it's I mean because it's essentially digital currency. I mean, they don't hold that kind of cash on hand. No bank does. Is is that a bigger fear that then our personal, if we want to actually claim that it's our personal resources, um, get hijacked? Is that more a danger than uh, the grid being taken down or the finances? Yeah. Did you hear? Uh, this might what I'm going to say might answer that. They might be working on that right now. I I saw an art or because you think they don't already have the ability, so they have to work on it. No. Okay. What? Continue on. Okay. Um, <clears throat> uh, probably about... Torturous. I think it was about two months ago. Um, there was a demonstration in, I believe, Washington, D.C., and they invited, like, the top... I think it was 60 CEOs of uh, of big corporations and technology corporations to show uh, there was a demonstration where they converted dollars somehow, and I still haven't quite wrapped my head around it, but they converted dollars into electronic currency that isn't connected to a uh, uh, a bank account. So theoretically, you could put your money on a on a on a card, and it's not like a debit card. It's or a, a you know one of those Visa cards that you load up. Oh, like like a, a Visa gift card almost. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like that. They they had some kind of uh, some kind of protocol, and I believe the whole point of it was to try to make money secure from cyber attacks going into your bank account and taking whatever money. So it would be equivalent of you actually having to grab the cash versus just transferring it electronically from one account to the next. So in order to keep your electronic money safe, if make it not electronic. they're going to put it on an electronic device. Right. Well, th- this is this is how it would work. So essentially, you're saying a plastic card that can't be used as money, but it has your identification and your bank balance on it. Uh, 
this is how it would work in my mind, is that you have a chip implanted. <laughs> right. To prove it's yours? No, no. Literally, you have a chip implanted. Mm-hmm. And so your money is on that chip. And that's how you you load money up onto the chip, and it's not connected to a bank account anywhere. But it's still electronically transmitted. Uh I don't think that's ever going to catch on, and the reason I say that is because a hacker would then have the ability to hack the chip and load as much money as they want on there. Somehow it's got to be kept track of in a central repository that the feds, excuse me, powers that be, could keep track of oh, that. Oh, isn't that the Fed? <laughs> there we go, yeah. Right. So, I, you know, as far as cyber attack on the banking system, uh, who's that going to hurt? Why would they do that? Who's that going to hurt? I mean, all of your millions in the bank? Maybe you do. I don't. So who's that really going to hurt? Why, why, would, why would the elite post an attack on the banks? Control. And, you know, I, I think in I my... I think it would fuller, further polarize the middle class, but I, I think there's a lot more people out there that live paycheck to paycheck with cash. But mm-hmm. what if the Illuminati is not this monolithic organization but has different branches that hate each other and are vying for control Here, over... Here's, here's my, my thought process. In the Netherlands, um, even in, like, farmer's markets... Cash is not really accepted. There are some shopping facilities where you cannot use cash. You have got to use chip and pen, period. That is a form of control yeah. in okay. that you are forcing a um you're forcing everyone into a certain system. In Sweden they are giving panhandlers devices. Oh, to take take a card. Yeah. Sure. And Shut I don't know up. if it's Yeah. Here you're a panhandler. Here's an iPad with a <laughs> like, with a cube. A square, right? <laughs> well, well, I don't <laughs> iPad square. Well, but I think everything over there is going to NFC, so you just touch it and yeah. I mean, they've Sweden's had chip and pin for ninety-six percent of all cash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but in, in my mind, that is how you control. Yeah, that makes sense. What people do now, I you know I I fall into the line of the you know the 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 mark of the beast, the the chip in the hand. Yeah. Um. In my mind, the only way to get the majority of the population want to or not is to make that chip have to be tied to a specific vaccine that's required in order for you to go in public. But you're wearing a chip right now. You just you've bought into it. Oh yeah, it's just not built in. Right. Well, as of now, they just call it the sure the exercise. I, you the, bet. Yeah, they call it the Fitbit or the mm-hmm. iWatch. Right. Yeah. How long is it gonna? I mean, it keeps getting smaller and smaller. Now it's on your body all the time. Right. Although that one's bigger than the last iteration. <laughs> but um, but my point though is if if it's such a thing because this I could just take off and put away. Yeah. I mean, if it came to it, I could throw it out the window and be yeah. gone. Well, there was I remember I, I think it was uh, about ten years ago or so. Give it that neighborhood. Uh, I still lived I still lived on the west coast, so it had to have been at least six years ago. There were daycare centers that were offering RFID oh. necklaces, uh, and you had to have a matching RFID bracelet or necklace in order to pick your kid up but the rfid necklace would uh prevent the kid from leaving but it would It'd also choke them when they try to go out but, the yeah door. <laughs> it would choke them. but it would also enable you as the parent to get online and, see and you could and and whatever camera your kid was closest to would be active mm-hmm. on your screen so you right. could watch what was going on yeah and so th- that's so, cool 
Well, but, it's cool, but it's, that's like step one into exactly. the idea of. And I remember that trying uh, there. I vaguely remember. Uh, maybe you guys remember this. I don't know, but I vaguely remember there was a marketing concept brought forward to have people use that just in the regular world. Get your kid an RFID RFID chip. Uh, so that you'll always know where they are. They get kidnapped, and you can mm-hmm. we can track. You mean like track under the skin RFID? Uh, these yeah, were more, more just a wearable. These were marketed as a wearable, which now we call it the Fitbit and the mm-hmm. iWatch. Yeah. But or uh, the, there's a little thing you can put on your keys and never lose your keys. It's mm-hmm. a right. square thing. Yeah, uh, I just watched last night a internet show called Ham Nation. It's all bunch of old guys talking about ham radio. That sounds fascinating. <laughs> so, oh Talk about guys in the basement. <laughs> Yeah, these are <laughs> no longer, they don't have, they went from um, pimples on their face to hair in their ears. And their back. Yeah. But why I was intrigued. Shave my back, a, mom. There's a, essentially. Too far? <laughs> that's fine. No. <laughs> but I don't think it's mom. I think at that point it's daughter. Oh, mom is dead. Because mom brutal. is dead. <laughs> You're assuming they can procreate. They yeah. have to find somebody to procreate with. Okay, fellow just, ham. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, now, I will be uninvited from this point forward. Now, now we're getting closer to the line. <laughs> the line is Drop made of the sand. Drop the microphone and back away from the line. <clears throat> um, no, there were there was a thing you could put a you know a nickel battery, nickel sized battery, or quarter, in this little thing, and it's got a certain kind of wire on it that then you could put on your dog on things. You could put it inside your ham radio unit in the event it gets lost or taken, and then. It create puts a signal out there that a certain antenna can find. Same idea, just at the the more the DIY level, kind of that maker level, where you don't have this really sophisticated thing. You have this little, basically, it looks like a bottle cap that closes over um, uh, some yeah. sort of connector. Yeah. How far off is it before that's cool? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we've yeah. got the iWatch, mm-hmm. we've got the Fitbit, we've got yeah. the you know the whatever you know the the thing on the key rings. People mm-hmm. are using it. Sure. How far off is it before? I think it's just a marketing tactic at this point to, at the right time, to market out there to the people that it's actually but, cool to have something implanted. See, I, I just don't know if that will actually get to the masses, that that idea. Because I don't know how you convince everyone globally that uh, it's cool to wear something that tracks your steps and makes sure your heart rate's where it that needs to be. I, I don't know if that... Is mass marketable? What about because it's expensive? So and unless they drop the price down, I mean, this is the two hundred bucks. This, you know, the Apple version is like up to a thousand, up to twenty grand, if, depending on how dumb you are. You can buy gold. Um, but my my point: How do you get everybody? That's artistic. The, That's not dumb. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> it's an investment. <laughs> That's an investment in me. <laughs> how do you get the the masses, like the population? In the world. Prisoners and military. What? You mean we start need, there? We need to keep track of where our prisoners go okay. after they leave. Sure. Or we need to know where our military But then do you are. force military service then? No, you wouldn't force. They volunteer. If you volunteer to join the military, we're going to implant you with this so that you'll never become a prisoner of war. We can come get you. Okay. Okay. I get that. That, that that makes perfect sense. They also try vaccines out on these people. Absolutely. But let's, I got two uh, vaccines. I got two vaccines. <laughs> You're glowing <laughs> in my in my shot records, which I kept. I have classified A and classified B. Really? Absolutely. And I was I was. And you have no say in that. 
right? It you you signed and said I'm in, and they do what they want. To I I was a very intelligent. But if you want to be a girl, you can. I was I was a very intelligent 18 year old in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, and I remember saying to the doctor, "I want to know what that is before it goes in me." And I was pulled aside a little bit later and told, "You can make big rocks into little rocks for the rest of your career, or you can get the shot." Classified A, classified B. Wow. And I, it was suggested at that point, until this is declassified, which maybe it has been, I don't know, I haven't kept track of it, that it was recommended to not donate blood. Huh. It was nice knowing you guys. <laughs> wow. Tell my wife that I love her. I may not make it home. Oh, you know, you might want to throw away that microphone. <laughs> oh, shoot. You're going to want to boil this. <laughs> we need N95 masks. <laughs> no, no kidding. Yeah, I kept I kept the shot records. I, ha- is, I have them. Yep. That's fascinating. So is it really? I mean, and that was 24, 25 years ago at this point. Mm-hmm. 25, yeah. Yeah, 1990. Yeah, so 25 years ago when that happened. So, you know, uh, is it really but that, but that difficult to think that we would that the military would say, "Hey, this is this is what we're going to do." We're, yeah, we're but sure no, that you no, never that, go lost that makes again. sense. But Th- you have that makes 300 sense. million people in America right. and one and a half million in the military. Yeah, but and once, one and a half in the prison. Don't you think if they wanted to do it quickly, there would be an, another mechanism? Which, in my mind, is an ec- epidemic. It's a Zika. It's a Ebola. It's mad cow disease. It's some sort of thing that Dr. Fauci can come out and say, holy cow, we have got this vaccine. And because this is such a contagious disease, you cannot go to the market. You cannot go outside because we're going to have checkpoints getting in and unless you have the vaccine because it's such a danger to society. So then they create this panic. And the only way that you can shop, the only way you can eat, the only way you can actually go outside almost is to have something on you, some proof that you have. And the the convenient proof is let's put this chip in you and then it just beeps as you walk through and you're fine. I could see that. Or, or I could see something from the standpoint of preventative too. Vaccines are given to us preventative. So what about uh, uh, if you... It's imp- coming. Yeah. Right. If, if you implant this particular chip, we you're have safe. the ability to always monitor which virus is Holy in your body. Cow. So now if you become infected, we will know, and we can treat you that much faster. Yeah, it, it, but absolutely. That can't, but absolutely. that can't, be the, that can't but, be the mark of the beast, though. Why? Why couldn't it? Oh, what, what because can't? once you've got an electronic chip in you, why couldn't that be programmed to do anything? Because the people that take the mark of the beast are consigned to hell forever. So it's not one of these, oops, there has to be a volitional something that consigns you to hell forever. Well, I mean, could, now, it, could it, it be, be a that group of people, thing. though? It might I mean, be a conditioning thing for people. But could it be to where it's that point, this is a global vaccination technique that then Christians need to be aware of? Or is is that just insane to think that I would people think, will go willingly to that and then Well, God sending you to hell forever for taking a vaccine... Because you didn't necessarily want to die, I don't. I don't see that at all. And not only that, you're not savable, most likely. Um, 
So it seems to me that there have to be some kind of oath commitment, something going on where you're. Okay, about, so how about so how about the <clears throat> idea that we get people used to? Well, you've already got a chip in you, and that chip is only now, conditioning. Good. Yes, that chip yeah. is only good for biomedical. So now you know you've already got one, and now we're going to we're going to move that into mark of the beast. Of course, you're not going to call it that. But there but, has to be a religious aspect to it, right? Does but there? Once, but yeah, once you get, I think it so. has to be a religious aspect. Okay, then I don't know if did, I. I'm not sure that I'm going to Because you're going that. to reject something. I mean, atheism is a religion. Whatever is a religion. You are rejecting the God of the Bible in order to get this mark of the beast. This isn't like I got a tattoo and, and I didn't know, and then all of a sudden I'm going to hell forever. Okay. All right. Well, I think that conditioning comes first. I would think yeah. so. I would. I, Without yeah. question, yeah. So I think I think the conditioning is how do we get people implanted so that they feel it's normal, right? So that, that that's then, it, yes. So that then the people that choose not to take the chip that turns out to be normal. the mark, <laughs> right. now you're the weird person. Yeah. Why would you not accept it? We've already got them. Look at how much right. good they've done. Look at how many lives they've saved because they've been able to do X, or we never have a yeah. POW anymore because of. Or we always know where the sexual predator is because we can track him. Now that might be that might be true, but then there's got to be that commitment to something other than the God of the Bible. But you condition first. Yeah, which we've already done. Look at well, we society has already conditioned us to to hijack the word truth or hijack mm-hmm. the word tolerance. Mm-hmm. So that's a condition. Yeah. So now we have to tolerate sinful behavior because. The definition of the word has been hijacked. It's a conditioning. Well, and now, yeah, now the transition is from tolerate to now full on acceptance and, and celebration of of sin. See, okay, so you, but see that would to me that's that's where it would go. The conditioning is homosexual. There's nothing wrong with homosexuality. The commitment is I'm going to be a homosexual now. There's a difference between the two of them. Conditioning to full on that behavior or full-on commitment to something. Look, this isn't the way it worked in the Left Behind series. So <laughs> well, they were all gone, so it doesn't we're matter. Gonna, we're going to have to redirect this conversation because I read the books, and <laughs> I, saw, I saw the movie and the remake with Nick Cage, and this isn't how it went. Did you see? But did you see Left Behind 2 and 3? Oh, no, you didn't. Okay, boom goes the dynamite. What's your point? I'm the expert here. That's my point. No. You've so seen more okay, fiction. So, ready, <laughs> so this may be a slight diversion, but I think it, it kind of fits in with the conversation of hijacking terms. And uh, so, so I'm at this cyber conference. Cyber. And, yeah, cyber. Cyber conference. And uh, and in the evening, we traditionally try to get together and just like mingle, networking, you know, whatever. So yep. we. So anyway, so we're we're. Uh, we're at a, we actually decided to do this next door to a to a campground. So we're sitting at a campground around a fire, and uh, there's half a dozen of us that uh, kind of fit one profile: white, male, live rural, own guns, live mm-hmm. rural. And it was it was kind of uh, it it was I would say coincidental, but the fact that we you know normally when you end up in a group of fifty people, you sort of find the people that you have something in common with. So we're sitting around campfire and we're we're talking and a few other people show up and this one guy uh decided that 
his girlfriend wanted to come to the conference to just hang out for the after hours, you know, whatever. She happened to be a social worker. So in the news, of course, what's going on, the protests, 35W had just been shut down that day. Dallas was going on. And uh, the conversation pops into Black Lives Matter, racial police. And uh, I won't bore you with how horrible the conversation went. (laughs) But uh, needless to say, I'm not that guy that can just listen and hold my tongue. Really? No, really? I know. Sure. I'm so shy. <laughs> oh. I'm so shy. <laughs> and uh, the 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 end of the evening, it ended like this when when about four of us stood up and decided it was time. She said to throw her into the fire, <laughs> <laughs> burn the witch. No, <laughs> uh, she makes the comment as we started talking about statistics. So I bring up the statistic that well. For the last three years, at least, and I don't know what the statistics are before that. I assume they're probably consistent. But statistically, twice as many white people are shot mm-hmm. by police than black people. So you, you made that claim. I made that claim. Yeah, of some well, statistical yeah. facts. And where did that statistic come from? And I said, it Harvard. doesn't. So I said, I don't remember the company, but I can tell you that the Huffington FBI. Post. I said, Huffington Post used the New York Times. MSNBC, New York Times, Fox. So it, it's a... It's an across-the-board accepted statistic. It's mm-hmm. not some weird, you know, telephone poll. And, uh, yeah, but statistics are contextual. What? So she started talking about statistics being contextual. So if 2 plus 2 is 4, sometimes. It's contextual. Depending so, upon the cir- circumstances. Because so, sometimes there's synergy. So, I, 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 so <laughs> this is my statement. Statistics are factual truth. They're just they're they're obsolete of context. It's there's a question and an answer. And then how you analyze this was, it. This was not how do you feel? This right. was what color is the skin the of the person guy. that pulled the trigger and what color is the skin of the person that died. And uh she said, but that can be perspective, and perspective becomes an individual truth, and that is why truth becomes different. Whoa, and this lady's in charge of working social, social worker. Oh, man. Yeah, but, uh, hmm. I mean, they breed that. I know up in um, St. Cloud so, State University, uh, they had this this big thing, um, but this is 10 years ago, and I'm sure that you can't do it now, but at that time, somebody was in this, the social work program, and he believed that homosexuality was wrong, and they were trying to kick him out of the program because he believed yeah. homosexuality is wrong. I asked so, her, <clears throat> I said, well, if... The perspective of a dad is that is it acceptable to abuse your kids because that's how you were raised? How can you prosecute that person for being abusive if that is their perspective? Oh, excellent point. And she said that's different. Because it didn't fit her perspective. Absolutely. So her perspective is the right one. Right. We wrapped it up at that point (laughs) because I knew knew it was going to go somewhere horrible. (laughs) And there were two more days of conference (laughs) left. So we we decided that it was getting late. So did this lady's um, significant other hold similar views? Yes. Oh. And so that person is a... IT top but, in the IT yep. world somewhere in that yep. state? Correct. That all huh. always devolves but, into chance, might a bigger makes city? right. Bigger county? Bigger, not metro. Okay, interesting. Bigger, so. but not metro. Right. Hmm. Yeah, the only way you can enforce that is might makes right. You get enough people that, that believe a certain perspective from her truth, and then that becomes right. And if 
you don't agree, you thump them. But I think that's so the narrative there for me, the, the point in that particular lesson is this is a this is a social worker. You've gone from actually, I think uh, I think David made this point either last week or the week before. Uh, I'm one of the six people that listen to you guys. Um, anyway, thank you. Thank you. We appreciate <laughs> yeah. it. You'll get the bill later. <laughs> Oh, I build for it. <laughs> right. oh, for the bandwidth. You have no right. idea. Uh, made the point. I forgot what my point was now. But David made the point that uh, that you you shift from. Uh, oh, twenty years ago, people were asked, "What do you think? What do you right. think about that?" Now it's, "How do you feel about that?" And and that's there's so much truth to that. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't you're not asked how do you think of that. What well, do you think it's, well, it's how do you feel? I'm going to play this uh, clip we did use last week or this in one of the previous shows. Uh, Eugene Robinson on more than 1,300 shootings, fatal and non. Talking about this study in 10 police departments in Texas, Florida, and California. The New York Times reports quote. In shootings in these 10 cities involving officers, officers were more likely to fire their weapons without having first been attacked when the suspects were white. The study was conducted by Roland Fryer, the youngest African-American to receive tenure at Harvard, who called it the most surprising result of his career. These numbers surprise me. It's a study that I'd love to see replicated. I'd love to see some, um, uh, you know, uh, some backup because, frankly, a lot of people find, will, will find it hard to believe, mm-hmm. and I find it um, hard to hard to comport with the reality that we see. Well, of course, that's because because right. Facebook Live is a it's reality. It's so that's... hard to believe because we are being force-fed in the right. mainstream media that that can't be real. Right. So yeah, of course it's hard to believe. It can't be factual because mm-hmm. our feelings are being, you know, uh, the media. It, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's because the news is no longer about the news. The news doesn't report That's the news. Ads. The news is about how can we tug at the heartstrings of the people. It's entertainment. Oh yeah. The news and pushing become, an agenda. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, it's rever- it's reverse. It's not a term that people like to use or hear, and I'm sure it will probably in some way offend both of you, but it's reverse racism at this point. Sorry to offend you both. Oh, yes. Oh, I'm <laughs> cut cut to the core. <laughs> if if people that um have been uh, marginalized can be racist. Well, here's a here's an interesting thought because that is the narrative, another narrative that is being but, promoted that if you've been marginalized but, but I don't you, think can't you can be. because it, i mean at some point right now in our society anyone white is being marginalized but, yeah. but are, we can't claim to be here here here's a point that we that i picked up on and i think we're all missing is that racism is no longer an individual feeling racism is institutional so when they talk racism they no longer are talking an individual person is racist meaning they think that this other person is inferior because they're a different race. Mm-hmm. Now, racism is an institutional thing. And so when you define it that way, you cannot be racist if you are not the quote-unquote privileged, uh, part of the privileged race or privileged uh, group well, of, course, of people. It's absolutely institutionalized, but I think the biggest, the biggest guilty party is the media. Classic example. Did you guys hear about the, the woman... And I'm not going to use her race. The woman that was shot in Yuma, Arizona for wielding a knife in front of two officers. 
wielding a knife? She got shot. Yeah, I she remember. had I a shot. That. She had a knife. Okay. Mm-hmm. She wouldn't put it down. Bipolar. It was in. It was in uh, Yuma, Arizona. Does that sound right? Yeah, I can't remember where it was. I could pull it up, but essentially, mm-hmm. she had a knife. How long ago? Two officers. Uh, two weeks. Within the last two weeks, she was shot. The immediate news report was that two white officers shot a black woman. The Yuma Police Department released a statement saying that she was white. The newspaper that yielded the report redacted it and said there was an error. We claimed she was black. The race of the individual was unknown. Whoa. So the only black mattered. Well, it fits in the narrative. Black lives matter only. So you're saying that you didn't see on the headline news of anything (laughs) about a white woman that was killed by two officers Mm -mm. for holding a knife. Right around the same time frame that the Philando Castile incident occurred. Yeah, July 6th. There we go. Yuma police ID person fatally shot by deputies. Oh, sheriff. Um, Yuma police have released the name of the person who was shot Tuesday evening by deputies. Um, Sergeant Lori Franklin said, The 24-year-old woman who later died at Yuma has been identified as Melissa Ventura. Then it says the shooting happened. Uh, however, immediately upon opening the door, Franklin said Ventura attacked the deputies with a knife, which resulted in the deputies firing their weapons at her. Um, yeah, I see no... Um, so let's do n- this. Nothing. Nothing let's, at all about race. I think this is the best way to remove racism. Let's ban the term... Let's ban any term of color from every news article. So if I were to read the news article about Philando Castile or... Uh, we'll have to change his name to not a black name. <laughs> let's just call it suspect. Okay. Male call suspect. Su- male suspect. Although we can't do that either because maybe it's not male. Maybe he's a woman. So suspect works. Suspect, suspect A. But if we were to remove, if we were to absolutely assigned, remove. Assigned. Assigned male. <laughs> okay. Biologically male. If we were to uh, remove terms of color. And or terms of gender, fine, whatever, but terms of color. Mm -hmm. So talking racism, let's ban. So if the media wants to get rid of racism so bad, let's ban terms of color used when identifying people in news stories. So if we were to read the story about Philando Castile without a name, without a color, would people still be outraged? It seems to me that there is a there is clearly an agenda because the article you just read from Yuma did not say white woman. It just Mm -hmm. said woman. Mm -hmm. So why don't we treat all news articles the same way? So where is the perpetuation for age? So where is the perpetuation of racism coming? But uh, but they want to ban racism. But again, it's not really, though. No, I think think racism wants to be perpetuated. Listen, listen. Because of how they are defining the term racism, we are. When you're sitting here talking, you're you're thinking um, the actual race. They're talking about the quote unquote privilege of white people over black people. But this isn't about racism. Let's get real. This is about. But, but this is my, about tearing down well, the of unity of society. Of, of course it is. But if you if you say to the media, you're uh, let's let's get rid of racism. They're not talking about a colorblind society. That is not what they're talking about. They're talking about statistics where, where economically, um, if you take the aggregate of uh, of black people and the aggregate of white people, that it is the same in terms of income, in terms of outcome. 
They want radical egalitarianism so that whites and blacks are all the same in all ways. That's what they mean by racism. You used like eight syllables in two words. <laughs> they want radical equalness. They want everybody to be equal. That's the teardown of the unity of society. That's But that's, that's how they the, are defining racism. Yeah. That's my point. Hmm. This is Maybe. communist. This is communism. They uh, want equality why, of outcome. But why target? So you're saying target a particular race in the media because it uh, it is the race that tends to it is the it is the race that has made America great. So if you tear them down, you're tearing down America. Okay, I see that. So I say it has nothing to do about being colorblind. And I'm right. Okay. Okay. All right. There we go. So <laughs> next topic. That was easy. <laughs> uh, there actually is something I want to talk about in relating relation to this. Um, I'm trying to find if I can find a clip of it. Um, <laughs> This the idea come that you're going to tackle uh, that terminology, white boy privilege. This is the eighth grader who won the poetry slam, 2016, with a poet po poem a poem poem um, entitled "White Boy Privilege." Uh, let's just listen to a little oh, bit. Oh no! My poem is titled "White Boy Privilege." It starts with an apology. Oh, Dear women, I'm sorry. Dear black people, I'm sorry. Dear Asian I think he Americans, might get dear Native Americans, foul. Dear Royce Mann says his competition poem titled White Boy Privilege couldn't have gone viral at a more appropriate time. I love it because I can say and not one of you is attributing that to the fact that everyone in my skin color has a dirty mouth. He won that poetry slam at Padilla Junior High, and this video has been seen millions of times. Wait, wait, wait. At the top of a ladder while Junior high. Yeah, eighth grade. Eighth grader stood on stage in front of a bunch of other eighth graders and just and swore, like F swore bomb, profanity mm -hmm. and it, won art. something. It's art. So is pornography by some people's standard. So is that acceptable oh, in junior high now? You bet. Okay, so then he was interviewed. Sorry. Um, Did that just... No, that's good. <laughs> Are you kidding but me? But that, that's the, the, the tenor of it. Uh, how long has this message been stirring? Uh... I knew about white privilege and male pri privilege for most of my life, but I never realized Eighth grader. how uh, prevalent it was in our society until and you this still year don't. when I went to a new school called the Paideia School. And Look that up. What is it? The Spell pa that. Paideia? I don't know. Paideia uh, pa School? Uh, where is this hat? The, Valencia. Mean, no, where is Atlanta, it? Atlanta, Georgia, I think. Well, no. Hold on. Is that where he's from? His name is Royce Mann, M-A-N-N, -N, is the kid. He's 14. Oh, look, keep going. Okay. Oh, Paideia. Paideia. Got it. Atlanta. And that yeah. really made me a lot okay, more aware we missed of the that. privileges Let, that I had. Check, listen to what he said, how he learned it. In my life, but I never realized how uh, prevalent it was in our society until this year when I went to a new school called the Paideia School. 
and we take a class called race, class, and gender. And that really made me a lot more aware of the privileges that I have that other people don't often have. Many other Indoctrination. Indoctrination. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah kind of. My goodness. <laughs> you know, one of you should have gone high and the <laughs> right. other one gone low and kind of done the I whole. couldn't have been more perfect <laughs> right there. Indoctrination. <laughs> there we go. Oh, okay. It's making me crazy. But so he, he wins this competition. Because he's being force fed and he's well spoken for a fourteen year old. My goodness. But that's because he's white and male. <laughs> he doesn't say whiff. <laughs> <laughs> and he cussed with enunciation. Yes. So had it and, not and, been blurred. And he did it like this and so it worked. That doesn't translate over the radio. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know. It works, it works in here, sorry. That was a good arm move. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, yes. Um I yeah, I, I don't even know. Where do you go with that, though? Well, I, I don't know. It's so special. This is so. This is Atlanta, Georgia. The school is. Uh, he pronounced it closer to Paia, but it looks like Paidea. Okay. P a i d e i a. Paidea. Do they have a mission statement? Let's see if I can find that. I was going to actually look up the definition of Paidea. P-A-I-D-E-I-A. Someone else grab that. Let me see what I've got for a mission statement about us. Framework. Oh, it's a noun, meaning education or upbringing. A, the culture of a society. What, what uh, language? Greece. Greek. Greek. In ancient Greece. <clears throat> All right. So framework of values. I'm just going to read this. Okay. I, I haven't screened it, so I'm just going to read this. So the framework of So it might values, have swear words in it based on this other kid's there's, work. There's a potential for that <laughs> because it's acceptable. Excellent. All right. Framework of values for the Paideia School. Every school is a complex social community with the assigned task of passing on to the younger generation some of the knowledge and skills acquired by the older generation. It is especially important to us at Paideia that we examine what we are teaching in addition to academic knowledge how we view the larger human community, how we treat each other as individuals, how we relate to the physical environment, how we process learning. We need to examine what we teach as part of the way we live and interact with each other as a community of adults and children. We presume that families choose Paideia in part because they perceive that the school shares their values while the primary teaching of values belongs to the family. The school is the unique position of being able to mediate between a more impersonal social order and the intensely personal family in in experience. I'm going to repeat that. The school is in a unique position of being able to mediate between a more impersonal social order and the intensely personal family experience. The school's responsibility is to prepare is to help prepare children for a place in society. The school's responsibility is to prepare children for a place in society. We hope that the school environment can have some of the personal depth and meaningfulness of family life. We hope that our students will be prepared not only to live in the world but to improve it. Tuition at this school New students are required to pay one-third of the annual tuition total by the reply date, which is Thursday, April 14, 2016. Uh, tuition includes a $2,000 non-refundable administration fee. Um, for high school age, which is grades 9 to 11, which is where this kid's going, uh, what is the annual cost, do you think? 
15,000. I was going to say 13 to 15. 23,214 dollars. So this is a school for really for, rich kids. For white people. Sure. Right. Yeah. Because we're privileged. So who but else But then would they go? have this class that is what race, class and gender. Are you kidding? You know. So what are they doing? They're trying to bring these rich kids but, in and okay. then indoctrinate them with bullcrap? You know what we need in this country? <laughs> we need we need the opportunity for a, a black man to become president because it's just not possible. That's a good I, I point. Wish, I wish we lived That's in a, great a I wish we lived in a society in which like a black woman could become the attorney general. Because or, clearly that's not even possible, yeah. not even remotely possible. Or, or maybe we could get like a black woman to become secretary of state or potentially, you know, maybe somebody Hispanic to be on the Supreme Court or potential, uh, maybe a woman on the Supreme Court, maybe someday. Yeah, not I, in my lifetime. I don't know. I don't know. It, it it seems to me like it's very unfair that it's not even possible for a black man to become president or a black woman to become secretary of state or the attorney general. It's just, it's not fair. Mm-hmm. Clearly, clearly. Someday, opportunity will exist for other colors than white. Yeah. So this school has some tenets. They believe excellent and hard work, attitudes towards learning, respect for diversity. This Ooh. is interesting. So this, to me, seems contradictory. So one of their... <laughs> the tuition cost? One, one of their... <laughs> yeah, here you go. Ready for this? This is... In, this, that's college level yep. money well, but is it to me this seems contradictory so they promote respect for diversity at paideia should teach explicitly by example and through its environment an appreciation of racial ethnic and cultural diversity two paragraphs down they claim that it should be egalitarianism there you go okay What's that the word? school <laughs> should use freedom. A, a or, I mean, everybody's equality. Oh. So respect for diversity. Yet the school should use every opportunity to stress equality among races, among ethnic groups, and between sexes. Sexism and racism are powerful forces in our society, and unless the school addresses these issues actively and continually, children may absorb negative values from the surrounding culture. Much of teaching needs to be used through or be through example and practice but just two paragraphs earlier they want to respect the diversity of the different racial ethnic and cultural yeah how do you do that when everyone has to be exactly the same but it's not it's when they say equality they don't mean equality of opportunity they mean equality of, of outcome. outcome and you can't you can't create an environment where there's equality of outcome un, unless it becomes communism because that's a whole point of communism. Everybody's the same. Everybody mm -hmm. gets everything. This is all communism that they are promoting. Holy smokes. This school is just ridiculous. The more <laughs> I read about it, development of an ethical self. Students should begin to define their own values as part of develop a, a developing sense of personal identity. Their own values. What? They should be able to be honest about their convictions and have the courage to defend themselves. Only is, if they fit the mold of... <laughs> no, no, yeah. no, their own values. It is particularly difficult for children to maintain their personal integrity in the face of social pressures. A little bit further down, ready for this one. School, uh, uh, <laughs> we need to develop an appreciation of the importance of the present. This is a good one. 
Schools as preparatory institutions are almost always guilty of overemphasizing the future. Everything that happens is rationalized for its future benefit. Education is not only preparation for life, it is life. <laughs> the consciousness ought to be present at Paideia. The child spends now the day a child spends now in school is as valuable as what it will come as what will come later. Respecting the value of the present is one way of preparing for a healthy and productive future. And what does that mean? How do they define that? Because the day of a child spent in school is as valuable as what will come later. Oh, okay. Didn't you know, David, that your time in high school was just as important as your time right now? Mm. Mm. No, I didn't know that. Huh. Well, you need to get your, your adult children into this school. I find that interesting. They said about... Um, uh, they need to develop their own values and not to allow the... Uh, not just develop them, but defend them. And develop, defend them, and not to let the culture right, or be, the be, environment... they can get negative uh, by going outside on, the school, basically, yeah. Well, it seems to me that if, if, if that's true, then they would love to have people who would have um, a value system that is opposite to what this young man is spouting at this poetry slam or whatever it is if he if he um if he had a value that all lives matter and that the american culture is better than every other culture um would would that be acceptable now are okay, you attempting to i'm making a rhetorical some, I'm asking, some type of logic i'm asking a rhetorical question what if what if the cultural diversity that we are supposed to respect is countercultural of course it's countercultural yeah, is that but rhetorical if, but no <laughs> we're supposed to teach explicitly by example and through environment an appreciation of racial ethnic and cultural diversity but what if that culture is countercultural? Hmm. What do you think of that? Take race out of it, because there are plenty. I'll, I'll get rid of race right now. There are plenty of areas in this country that you can walk into that are white and horrible to live. Yeah. And I'm not saying that that's okay. I'm just saying there are places in this country that you are white and it is horrible to live there. Well, so then it kind of points to Seattle? the fact that maybe <laughs> <laughs> that maybe um, poverty has more to do with um, crime and this institutionalized problem we have in our society more than race. But isn't that culture? What, poverty? Isn't that a culture? Oh, yeah, I think so. So it has nothing really to do with race. No, that's maybe, right. Maybe there's a race connected to it, but I would, I would, I mean, I'm, I don't know. I actually don't know those statistics. If there is a particular race that's more, let's make them up. It'll work. Yeah, <laughs> because my perspective is my <laughs> exactly. truth. Exactly. Yeah, and mine too. If you need it, no. Because um, in the part of the country that I live, the poorest people around me are white. Yeah. So if if that's all I knew, if that's all I knew, if I grew up in my bubble. Mm-hmm. And all I knew was the community around me, the poorest people are white. You know, I, I've, I'm realizing yeah. a, um, a disturbing reality, I think, for me. You know, I, I am, I'm white, without question. Uh, my kids are white, blonde hair, blue eyes. I think more peach colored, but 
Uh, pretty close. I mean, okay. one of my sons is almost transparent. Um, they, you know, they're very white. <laughs> now, so he used <laughs> translucent. There you go. Sorry. So before <laughs> he goes out in public, <laughs> before he goes out in public, mom, mom puts SPF nine thousand exactly. on him. Yeah. Uh, and that's just so people can <laughs> <right>. see him. <laughs> <laughs> when you can still see the blood veins in his. Yeah. Anyway, um, it's not that bad, but. Uh, we were recently in uh, Minneapolis for a family funeral and had to stop at a local um, big box retailer for some items. And so we were near the, um, I think, soon to be largest mall in the world again, um, or at least in America, literally. Um, and we went in this store and most of the workers that i saw there happened to be black now i grew up in a predominant wait 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 well how could that be if there was not opportunity for them to get a job how a, well okay anyway i'm sorry i'm sorry good, i will stop point. i will stop at this point <laughs> clearly they probably were on probation and were working for partial I, it, wage it, or something. it would appear that correct um but what i found fascinating is i found myself looking at them and seeing that they're they were black and wondering what what are my kids thinking now i grew up with white in whiteville in the on the west coast um i don't remember i think the closest thing to a black kid um was a samoan kid that happened to be a relation to people that lived by us and then as I got older, we had a, there was a family at our church that was as black as they come. Um, she kind of became an aunt to us. She was just very much a part of our family. And I never once was thinking, you know, man, she's black. That didn't matter. That was not part of my growing up. But now with everything, I mean, you cannot turn on any media. You can't hardly look at any social anything without this idea that black people are different than white people. Black people are different than white people. That's shoved in our face. And I, I, I don't like that now it's conditioning me to look out in public and see the black people because, you know, it's a, it's a cultural norm now that they must be different. And I hate that because so how do I teach our kids, you know, what do I do to teach my kids that they're, they're people? I mean, I lived in Africa for five months. They're black over there. I mean, crazy. And again, it was not... It did. I didn't see them. I mean, obviously they're black, but I didn't see them as different, other than that they had a fun accent. Um, but they were just people. No, so, you so had then the you're accent. saying, yeah, you, I, I was the, the, out, you the had weird the one there, right? <laughs> so, so then you're saying that racism is taught. It's being perpetuated in you know, in our society based on this garbage that's being taught. Because I have nothing. I mean, th there's no nothing built into me that says black people are bad ever. From, from growing up, no, that's never been a part of my my psyche. Until recently, it's being shoved at our... You know, it makes throat. me wonder. makes me wonder. I don't know. Uh, I think I'm a little bit older than you a bit. Anyway, uh, but I wonder if, I were to, if we were to go back and actually pull newspapers mm -hmm. from the 80s or early 90s, and we were to actually read news, news stories of crime... Yeah. Did they use terms of color in the news? Or is that making a comeback? I don't know. We'd have to pull. I don't know if we have time to necessarily pull up a bunch of 1985 newspapers, but uh, it's. Uh... Um, John Lennon shot dead. No mention of race. Apparently 1980, December 8th is when he got, got killed. 
So John Lennon is breaking the news. 1980. Um, amazing man has lived 16 times. <laughs> A woman gives birth to Angel. Uh, a child that they named Angel. I mean, this Reagan, happens all the time. Reagan's death, cops hunt Pope. Okay. Our only mistake was not winning, Ronald Reagan says. Um, the killer autograph, yes, we have sex. Um, Diana is dead. Beasts, boot gang, savages, a victim. Now, here we go. Um, that is the Daily Express, the voice of Britain. That's over in Europe. Um. Oh, of course, because princess, the princess, she died in 1980. No. no. When did she die? It wasn't 1980. That was early 90s. <clears throat> U.S. shocks Russians four to three. Um, boy trapped in refrigerator eats own foot. <laughs> Does it mention his race? No. No, the picture, he's, he, I mean, it's a black and white picture, but it appears that he's white. Uh, yeah, there's not, um, there's just not many mentions. John Lennon shot dead. Yeah, I don't even see black people listed, so maybe they're not even, maybe they're not even part of the game here. <laughs> so you guys carry on. I'm going to see if I can find Kay. a New York Times article from the 80s. Let's see if we can find something Kay. violent that... That mentions race, and yeah. th that would be the place that it would happen. Or Chicago, Chicago would be another. Chicago one. would be a good one too. But it, it it just frustrated me that in 2016, me who I, from what I can tell, have absolutely no um, disdain or you know better than mentality over another race at all, and. But now that's what I see because it is so prevalent in everything that we read in but, the media. But I mean, what black me lie, black, the everything going, is black. They are perpetuating this. And they're going to say that was a racist statement of you saying that you're not racist. Oh, sure, yeah. So you can't get away from it. They define it that way. So simply because you're white, you're racist. So if you say you're not racist, that just confirms that you're living in denial. So you can't say anything. But um, I... I have a dream speech by Martin Luther King. <clears throat> uh, he said... Uh, Don't I, talk about the facts of this. No, I, <laughs> stop it. Don't read it. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Okay. So what did he want? He wanted a nation... A colorblind. Where little white black boys... Or little white boys and little black boys and girls will mm -hmm. be able to join hands... As sisters and brothers. That's mm -hmm. what he wanted. So he said he wanted a colorblind society where color was irrelevant. And what do we have now? An extremely segregated society or an ever segregating society. So they, they have completely violated our society. The powers that be have completely violated the dream of Martin Luther King. Here we go. I've got three New York Times articles from 1985, all about gunmen. Ready? Ooh. Ready? Montclair, California, August 11, 1985. An 85-year-old man was shot and killed by a police officer after calling the police to his home Saturday, telling them he wanted to go to the cemetery, turning a gun toward them with a loaded 38 caliber revolver, not a double shot. The authorities said... <laughs> 
The man was shot once in the head and died about two hours later at a local hospital, police said. His name was withheld pending notification of relatives. No mention of color. He was 85? 85. Oklahoma City, August 8. That's 19. ageism, isn't it? <laughs> Apparently that was the problem in 1985. Right. Oklahoma City, August 8. Gunman who held a convenience store clerk hostage for four hours before being shot by the police died Tuesday. The man, Randy Keith... Interesting last name, Kutej, 24 years old, was shot after he left his hostage and walked out of the convenience store. The clerk was unharmed. No mention of race. Are there pictures of these guys? <laughs> I will look for that one later. Because okay. that last name appears to not be a general white, person? white name. Uh, St. John, Indiana, May 29, 1985. Man with a semi-automatic weapon killed three people, wounded six. Oh, an assault? What? At a semi? I wonder if he had a scope on that hunting gun to make it deadly. <laughs> yeah. It was double shot. After <laughs> opening fire on a traffic along the highway. Uh, uh, I did scan the article. You're welcome to go look it up yourself, but no mention of color. So in the 80s, um, that wasn't a big deal. Is, is that what we're... It, uh, I don't know Alluding if it was a big to? deal, but what I would say from a factual perspective, because a big deal would insinuate context and or feeling... But from a factual perspective, the New York Times articles did not mention race of the suspect or the officers in any of those cases, any of those news articles. How's that sound? Let's go back there. Okay, so uh, the gunman for Oklahoma City, Randy Keith Kutej, I did a Google image search on his name and year, and he appears to be brown in nature. I would not hmm, call but him. What was his skin color? <laughs> he said brown in nature. His skin color appears to be darker than white, but not as dark as a black man. I would probably place him as Middle Eastern. All right, I just... Uh, <clears throat> that probably makes me racist for making that comment. But I will say three articles pulled at random from the New York Times, 1985, all about gunmen and shooting, not one mentioned race. So we could either say they were all white, and that's why they weren't race, or race wasn't, wasn't part of the deal. news story it at wasn't the time. wasn't part of the narrative they were needing to push. Interesting. So why is it mentioned now? With one particular race, it appears. Well, I don't know if it means anything, but... There's a movie coming out in October called The Birth of a Nation. And it is... They're na- remaking na- that? What? They're remaking... That's a remake. The, okay. The Birth of a Nation was was made in like 1920. It was a silent film. It was horribly racist. I mean, I mean real racism, not this. This is Nate Parker's slave rebellion drama. Wow. Huh. The poster... Okay. The first promotional poster for this shows the... Uh, main actor, his head in the noose or a noose uh, made of an American flag. Good timing. Oh my gosh. Good timing. October seven that comes out. the f- The original Birth of a Nation was made in 1915, and it like elevated the KKK, like they were, you know, um, I know heroes. So then, well, I wonder then, does this actually? kind of nullify well, that but one. Is it the same story turned up around the other way? Mm, I don't know. I, I don't know. I just... But the, the imagery that's being put out there is a black man being hung by a U.S. flag. 
I am continuing to try to find an 80s article that talks about a gunman. He mentions race? With any kind of race, and I can't find it. I'm finding lots of articles about gunmen, but I am not finding one that even mentions race. So there's something fascinating. There we go. So if we want to talk conspiracy in any... Well, not that I would use that term ever. (laughs) But if we want to talk about being driven to think or brainwashed uh, in some way, that's that's methodology to tear our culture down, tear our society down, I'll say that. Why in the last two, three, five years has race, racial terms, color terms, let's say color terms, okay. color terms coming back into the media? Seems there's a direction that they want us to think again. Oh, yeah. Without question. Yeah. This is a special edition of the David Allen Show. Um, here with uh, our special guest, Jay. We uh, And that's just the letter. Not uh, nothing else. No decimal points. <laughs> DavidAllenShow.com. On Facebook, it's David Allen Show. Send us a message at DavidAllenShow at gmail.com.
Give me the night, George Benson, here on the David Allen Show. Uh, interestingly, uh, quite the hit. Um, now, I, you know, not that I'm going to mention race, but he's a black man and very talented. And I'm not going to hold it against him. <laughs> Clearly. So during the break, did a quick search, looked at the Chicago Tribune, because I was only looking at the New York Times. Mm -hmm. Chicago Tribune, 1985 archives, pulled up several articles. I won't go through them, but I, I searched 1985 gunman in the Chicago Tribune, and I pulled up three articles, and not a single one of them mentioned race. Really? Okay, I would be intrigued to know what the murder rate is then compared to now, because it's outrageous now. If you're in Chicago, it's got to be out there, Chicago right? murder rate? I'll mm -hmm. pull it up. <clears throat> this is the David Allen Show, in case you didn't realize. This is the special edition with our special guest. Call me Jay. Jay. Jay! Uh, you know, going back uh, to the uh, Padilla School, uh, looking at tuitions, uh, half-day Ages three to five. That's really like pre, oh. like before school, like before you even have to go to school. Twelve thousand eight hundred dollars. So do you half day? You ready for yeah. the? <laughs> you ready for the number of murders? <laughs> Let's have it. So I happened to pick nineteen eighty five and looking for newspaper articles. Mm -hmm. So what do you? How many people do you think were murdered? This is ho well, well, homicide. So it doesn't necessarily mean. Well, is homicide by definition murder? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So homicides in two thousand fifteen. What do you think it was? Two Chicago. Two thousand fifteen. Yeah. Chicago. Uh, for 12, 12 months, the whole year? Correct. Just take a guess. David, what do you think? Um, 250. I would say... We're talking city boundary of Chicago. 1,500. Okay, 488. Oh. Wow. Okay. So I'm bloodthirsty. Evidently. All right, here we go. Ready for this? Ready? So, coincidence... 1985. No, no, this is just straight homicide. This is this, this is it could be like someone stabbed them, they could have yeah. got shot, they could have yeah, got run over by a car. This is just homicide. Homicide only. Uh statistics are perspective and contextualized, of course, but homicides for 1985. 666. No. 
1985, <laughs> 666 homicides. So it has increased or decreased. Over the years, it, it's definitely, it has, it has decreased. I would, I would want to know, speaking of statistics, um, the number of gang-related murders between the two. Because if you take out, if you take out the part of that statistic, which is a culture of of children born without fathers, growing up in gangs, not having any money, poverty, and all the rest of it, that is so prejudiced. And if you were to compare the two, you could, um, I wonder if they're, I'm going to, I'm going to check the interwebs real quick. Okay. Let's see if we can get that specific in the types of, uh, uh, now you'd mentioned 2015 before, uh, January 2016 was the deadliest start to a year in 16 years in Chicago. 292 people were shot in January. That is over half of what was shot. All of 2015, They right? really are going to have to. In 2016? They're going to have January 2016. Now, I think the key to making Chicago safer is making shooting another person illegal. Yep. Hmm. That makes perfect sense. I mean, clearly, if there were more than double the number of one person shooting another person... Stabbing's okay, but shooting... We must not have that. Mm-hmm. Well, stabbing's harder. The interim yeah, superintendent. One, one thing at a time, David. It helps. Let's, it let's helps. Start with uh, burns more calories. Um, it's you're, like you're healthier. Oh, we could call when that stabbing. Done. Go make yeah. it an app. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excellent. We can go there in a minute. Oh. <laughs> CIA. Um, interim superintendent John Escalante calls the stats. Uh, of the killings in January 2016, um, unacceptable and unexplainable. So we just we we can't have those stats. Get well, out, get them out. Yeah. Now was that in Chicago or yeah. or in the entire the area? The Chicago Police Department released the city's latest crime wow. numbers. Okay, wow. So that was homicide. Um, he says the majority homicide. of the violence is gang related, with 50 percent of the murder victims identified as known gang members. So half of that theoretically, so 140 some, 45, 46 people so but still that's 290 1500 292 292 homicides yeah. in january say it again i like well, it well no see this is 292 well this homicides. says shooting victims shooting victims so that's, that's, that's not that can't victims. be that can't be okay. it was one person but, with a big clip <laughs> double yeah. shot clip scoped clipped big one <laughs> Hunting rifle. They got um, it. They got a it. Hunting down. gun. They got it. They got it down at the Safeway. Yes, but no, th- these are numbers from the Chicago PD. So it's got to be. I mean, it, okay. As there must be some contextual perspective to those. Oh, statistics. that's right. That actually, I have to say that you know that's that is to me fairly alarming because if if in 2015 the total was four four eighty something. Four, yeah, four eighty. Oh, okay, by contrast, um, the first month in two thousand fifteen, there were one hundred and thirty six. So is it something about victims. being so, really cold that just pisses people off? And they must have done it a whole lot more this this year than last year. I mean, to more than double it. It does get pretty cold here, but generally, what that means to me is, <laughs> is you stay, stay inside. inside. <laughs> Do not leave the house and get more cold. Oh man, fifty one murders in the first month. Um. Okay, what? 
Oh, that's more than double. Let's see. There were 292 victims in January 2016 compared to the first month of 15 where there were 136. There's more than that's more than double. There were 50 Okay, oh sorry, these aren't dead people. Shooting these aren't dead. They so just those were are shot. Shooting occurrences. There were 51 murders in the first month of 16 compared okay. to compared to 29 okay. in January. Okay. okay. Still still almost, almost double. double. Yeah. Okay. That that's okay, better. Yeah. Okay, that that does yeah, make more sense. Right, See, and there's the context. There's the context, the context right, right there. Way to go! But I do. But I think, half of those murder victims were gang members. Okay, no. so, so then, what? Twenty five and a half of them are. All right. So ready? Here's what's interesting. Uh, in 1985, if you would have been hosting this podcast, <laughs> you wouldn't even have mentioned the race. At least according to the trend that we see with mm -hmm. the New York Times, the Chicago Tribune, they didn't mention race mm -hmm. in the violent crimes that they reported. They mentioned name and or sex and or age, mm -hmm. but not race. In the, I don't know, I pulled up almost 10 articles. I think it was eight, eight or nine articles in two different newspapers, major cities. No race mentioned. Um, so what's going on? Twenty year, Fast forward 20 years and now every article has... The but race. interestingly, though, this article, which is from ABC7, Eyewitness News out of Chicago, uh, th this was the story in February 1, 2016. So this is right at the end of the January. Uh, they didn't, they don't talk about race. They talk about gang related or not, which is that by proxy talking about race? I in think theory, you've been conditioned probably. to say that. That's a, that's a prejudicial statement. But in Chicago, the gangs are, I mean, I don't know that. You know, he's down in, in L.A. Right now in Chicago, both. there's 358 homicides. Currently, up to now, half yep. the year. Yep. So they're on par to... 322 of them were shot. So, well, let's think about that. At this point, if, if you continue this trend, we're on par to get back to your 85 number. And that's why we need to make Do you know, shooting, shooting somebody illegal, illegal not it, stabbing. It must have been legal back in 1974. You know how many were murdered in 1974? Mm -mm. 970. Whoa. And 1994, that's 931. That's because the mob ran the place. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> well, there's, uh, you know, that's how apparently how Kennedy got elected the mob came in and rigged it oh yeah because he wasn't going to win joe can or or a jfk, JFK yeah in the Ooh. 60s well then he must have turned on them because they killed him or did they someone did <laughs> it wasn't the guy from the grassy knoll <laughs> so i am looking what do you think up? about that sorry let's go crazy for a minute i think for it was a while. conspiracy that was i don't a, think oswald did it it was what? That was a Prince song. <laughs> Wasn't it? Let's go crazy. Wasn't that a Prince song? Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Know how I know? Uh, know what? Jay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here we go. Ready for this? Let's. Uh, this is not Chicago. This is not Chicago. Let me just say that. This is. Uh, this website is. Tripdubnationalgangcenter.gov. Nationalgangcenter.gov. Yeah. So this has got the survey analysis demographics of gangs. That's so, .gov. That means that is funded by our tax dollars, uh, right? Yep. Yeah. So this is .gov. 
What is this a subsidiary of? Who runs this? Nationalgangcenter.gov. So this is talking about the ethnicity of gang members. The statistics on this particular website are only from 96 to 2011. Hmm, that's current. Interesting. Uh, guess what the, take a guess, what is the number one ethnicity of gang members in the United States? Nationwide. Nationwide. Mexican. I was going to say Mexican or white. Mexican. Okay. Well, nope. Pardon me. Racist statement. Hispanic or Latino. Okay. Hispanic and, and yeah, that's what we meant. Seriously. Right? Well, because you've got Puerto Rican, Cuban. I mean, we're talking all Hispanic and Latino. Spanish speakers. Hispanic or Latino. And it is almost 50%. So Mexican is a racist statement nowadays? That's racist? <laughs> I would say if you're talking about the general Hispanic community, sure. Wouldn't that be considered racist? Well, like because Hispanic could be Cuban, Puerto Rican, Mexican, could be somebody from Spain. Well, then that, they would be Spanish if that's the case. Or would that be Latino? I'm talking Hispa Spaniard. I'm saying Hispanic could right. be any one of those. Okay. So to claim that, I'm just trying to be impartial at this point. I mean, okay. I mean if we're going to be impartial, let's just say we don't know that they were Mexican. They could have been... Cuban, Puerto Rican, Spanish, could have been from Latin America, could have been... Uh... Okay, but um, I, I, I think this, again, proves the uh, hijacking of a word and the redefinition. The, the definition of racist is a person who believes that a particular race is superior to another. I, did, I, I don't say Mexican because I think that, it's, uh, that I'm better or they're better. I Fair say enough. Mexican because it's an identifier. They, I was being right. yeah. I, I was being fairly facetious in my <laughs> no, racist comment. No, no, I understand. Comment, no, I understand. But, I think but, but that's absolutely as, true. I think it'd be taken as racist because you're saying, well, Hispanic means Mexican. Right. No, it doesn't. Right. Oh, and and I, you're very right. And but I, it is I know your I know your point. But then this is where we're at in our society. My dad's Mexican. Oh crap! True story. Like from the Mex from well, Mexico. Well, adopted death. Okay. No, not from Mexico. His grandparents came from Mexico. So true enough. Adopted dad. I have okay. a Mexican last name. Spanish. Huh. So Spain through Mexico, grandparents, yes, immigrated. Okay. All right. But, well, so don't oh, be but, racist. But, but let's, let's think about this, right? <laughs> nice. But let's think about this in the whole context of this Black Lives Matter thing. If you don't, uh, apparently if you don't elevate blacks, you are racist. Is, is their point. Well, that's their point. But but the point oh, that that's, that's not that's hijacking the term exactly that's yeah. like saying truth truth is no longer truth has been hijacked right. as a terminology yeah. truth now to means perspective right so here in contrast okay so between ninety six and two thousand eleven almost fifty percent of gang members I'm I'm not sure if that was a survey are you a member of a gang <laughs> right oh yes check your check ethnicity <laughs> <laughs> right. okay so almost fifty percent for all of those years real close between forty five and fifty point one percent. Uh, second in line, it's interesting how they actually list this. So it was Hispanic or Latino, which are synonymous terms. That is interesting. Spanish? Hispanic, Hispanic. Oh. or Latino. So synonymous terms, that's how it's listed in the column. The second column reads black or African American. And those numbers are... Oh, you know why they might have done that? The, because there are black people that are not from Africa? No. Uh, like they, the majority of them? Maybe 20 right. years ago, it was black. 
and now it's African-American. Oh, so they're trying to blend the terms? Well, well, I think we've gone back to black, though, because African-American... I think if you were to actually communicate with uh, logical, peaceful... No, I mean, if you were to have a conversation no, with somebody I'm, yeah, of color... That's, that's not my point. My point is, when they did the statistics, they might have 20 or 30 or 40 years ago labeled people black. And then they labeled them African-American for a while. So when you look at the statistics to compare them, perhaps it's because they want to compare apples to apples and oranges to oranges. So maybe, does it have white or Caucasian? Just says white. Okay. Now, see, that's so interesting because white. it really is um, I kind know. of telling. Because now, in, in when you hear people talking, they now tend to go toward it's black Americans. It's kind of morphed. They've kind of brought the two terms together, which I think is a much more um, correct term. Accurate. Absolutely. Yeah, it's more accurate. I don't like the idea because I don't consider myself a white American. We have a physical therapist. So why should... That's because you're an elitist? (laughs) So, okay. Clearly. (laughs) So statistically, though, Hispanic or Latino, close to 50% of gang members reported, close to 50% of them were Hispanic or Latino. About mid thirty percent, so thirty five to thirty seven percent, or thirty one to thirty five percent in those fifteen years, were uh, black or African American, and it's down around eleven to ten percent for white. How many white gangs? I mean, I mean, what? Well, th- that's going to fall into met the those biker. ladies from the Red Hat Society. <laughs> <laughs> brutal. Yeah. I mean, that's going to fall into brutal sons of anarchy too. idea where you but have then biker, gangs, biker gangs. Typically. And but there's a difference between biker gang and the Bloods or the Crips. I mean, just in the well, you a little know, bit. I mean, it's still a very much of a. It's uh, gang related. It's a yeah. But but blood. Uh, the the biker gangs aren't like um, we need to have neighborhood specific. <laughs> we need positive <laughs> gangs. That's Thank called you know. white American, isn't it? Hey, the elitists. <laughs> <laughs> Every day is a pot. <laughs> yes. That's like when you ask the question rhetorically, why don't we have White History Month? Because every day is white history. Right. We get that all the time. The you blacks get every don't. day. <laughs> Memorial Day belongs to us, darn it. Or the or the people that died. <laughs> did you know you didn't know this? Uh do tell. <laughs> that the homicide rate has gone down, you know, in New York City. Um, what was in 1990, which was the highest year of homicides? What 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 Nation was nationwide or just New York? No, just New York City. Okay. What, what years? 90? 1990. Um, how many homicides? New York City. New York City. 950. 1500. 2245. Okay. okay. Holy uh, buckets! Well, hold on. What's population though? What what is that uh, like percentage? Seven wise? million, something like that. So a percentage the, is nothing. Well, I, I mean, mean it, it would it, have been. Did, did you just say twenty two hundred people dying is nothing? <laughs> well, it's it's just a small percentage. So <laughs> well, no big deal. Statistically, nobody it's will a, notice it. It's in a, a rounding bucket. error, though. <laughs> in statistics, <laughs> isn't it? It is. I mean, it's in the a round ra- here. Let me give just... you a shovel to keep digging. <laughs> it's a rounding error. <laughs> so so tell what I mean in 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 this town. It would be none. What's the percentage? Yeah, what is that percentage based off of New York population? Oh, come on, man. Oh, I don't know. But that's not the point. The point that I was trying to make is <laughs> it's a lot of people. What was it last year? <clears throat> oh, so this is ninety till now. Yeah, so, so 1990 to now. 
So years. It was twenty two forty five. So sixteen. So twenty six years. Twenty two forty five. I'm probably going to say um, fifteen hundred. Mm. What would you say? It was about about two grand. Three hundred and fifty two. What? They went from twenty two hundred down to three fifty two. In New York City. Thank you, Giuliani. No. <laughs> I wonder, I, I, I wonder, where, that, I wonder that, where that is. Where did it that fall? That was a stop and frisk policy. Mm. That was the broken windows policy. If you saw something, if somebody was peeing on a See building, you something. would arrest them. Say something. Because it's that sort of stuff that, that fosters this sense of um, that you can get away with stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyways, segue, not even so a segue, a rabbit think, trail. Well, based off of... Alan's logic, the overall population of New York City, city must have gone down by 70% also then. Or seven times. 70%? Oh, 700. So, so the percentage would say the same. No. <laughs> it went down. No, I, population went up. I looked it up. Population went up by about a million people in the same time frame. So that that's an interesting thought. What happened? What, was it, it was just the, the policing Giuliani? Well, well yeah. do you have in front of you? Do you have year by year statistics? Yeah. Okay. So what what year did it fall off the map, or did it gradually go down? It it fell off the map. Basically, uh, ninety three. It was nineteen forty five. Ninety four. It was fifteen sixty one. And ninety five. That's a big jump. Ninety five. It was eleven hundred seventy seven. Ninety seven. It was seven hundred seventy. Ninety eight. It was six thirty three. Then, uh, so it stayed. When, when in, did Giuliani's policy I got get it right put now. in there? I'm pulling that up. All right. So, what was the big drop off year? Ninety five. You said. Uh, yeah. Well, not, between ninety three and ninety four, it dropped four hundred, and then it dropped another four hundred, so, and then so it dropped eight hundred. So, so half in three years, it cut by half. Yeah. All right. So. <laughs> you need to ding the bell. <laughs> Guess what year Giuliani took over? 94, 95? 1993. Oh, man. Yep. That is... How can you not look at that and look at that as a success? Well, here's my guess. Here's my guess. It was probably the policies of his predecessor, which was a Democrat. (laughs) Oh, yes. That probably bled bled over into his years... Who His was predecessor, that? predecessor, I'm staring at it. It's uh, David Dinkins. Oh yeah, oh. yeah, I remember him. <laughs> a, Four a Democrat, years. I presume. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Yeah. So, so during that insane. Hold yeah. on. Wait, wait a second. Okay, wait. Four so years. Four, so he was there in 80, four, 89? 16, 20. So for twenty eight years previous to Giuliani, it was a Democrat. And do you have murder yeah. stats prior to ninety? Uh, down to in the sixties. Well, okay, go go back during the 20 years back from 90, so to the 70s. It started exploding uh, late 60s, and it kept going up. There was, I mean, in 85, it was down to 1384. Then it shot back up in 1990. It was 2245. 91 was 2154, so it was pretty consistent there. And until Giuliani came in. Until Giuliani came in. fascinating. Yeah. And then it stayed low because mm-hmm. uh, Bloomberg was after Giuliani, correct? Mm-hmm. And then now we've got old de Blasio, mm-hmm. hack job he is. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's enough stuff in place 
enough policies in place that I'm sure that that's well. That's why I say residual. It, was pro- it was probably the 20 years 20 previous years to Giuliani. Of, of it this. was the 20 years of policy. It just took some time it took for it to change. That as soon as and, he got in and Giuliani, it, it, it became uh, you know that that's when things kind of settled down a little bit. Right. The policies actually started to kick in. Mm. Giuliani, I think he was he was either a district attorney or in the FBI or something like that prior to that because he's an attorney and... Yeah, he uh, was a DA, wasn't he? Yeah, I, I think, think it was yeah. a DA, yeah. <clears throat> and then so when I, he came in... So I got a question. I got a question. Here we go. So we're talking about we look at the 80s, we don't find evidence. Very quick survey, but we don't find evidence of race being mentioned in criminal in, news in articles. In reporting. In right. reporting. New York Times, Chicago Tribune, we didn't do a big scientific study but just quick glance i so the question is what's the narrative why 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 change it why go from martin luther king to 1980 where we're fighting to get rid of racial terms and now why bring it back why what's the what are the powers that be is there a powers that be what's the point do you think it could be um they're preparing for the this is part of the end game well, how, I mean, what is the how, end? What's the what's the preparation? Global for, governing, yeah, at some level, disintegration and, of society well, to bring in the savior, who right? Will and, be but there's grace. there's people that you know are pushing this. You know, France is under attack now mm-hmm. because they've been so inclusive to the radical Muslims and just the this Islamic mentality. They've just been you know part of it. And of course, the liberal side says, "Holy cow, you can't say that." But when you look at the reality, they have been one of the most open societies toward that. And lo- and the people that are killing them are that ideology. Mm-hmm. So do you think that racism at this level that we're seeing, or the, not racism, the perception of racism that we see here is being perpetuated globally? Or is In that Europe just... It is. Or is that just the... It's more Western than anything, though, I think. Or is that just the methodology to try to tear our society down because it's not happening in in China, it's not happening in Russia, but those are very homogeneous societies. It's closed not happening. Borders. Clo- mm, closed yeah. borders. But everybody looks the same. So you, closed borders. Yeah, but it's because nobody moves there. Because I was going to say, let's get real. Who wants to? I mean, <laughs> exactly. who is clamoring to climb the wall to exactly. move into right. a communistic country? I was on. I was on the radio doing one of these Hackers. interview things. Hey. <laughs> They don't need to come in, though. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. For uh, my previous job, and I made some comment about uh, how not all cultures are the same. And the guy who was on the radio goes, oh, that was really a racist comment. And I said, are you kidding me? Uh, So you're saying our culture is equivalent to the culture in Somalia. That if you're a woman living in Somalia, that's better for you than if you're living here. To me, that's a definition of a worse culture and a culture that you don't want. And he just didn't say anything and shut up. But that's true. And that's the thing that we have to keep uh, propagating, telling people. But but if you really think about it, though, maybe that's correct. Because the definition of racism is um, thinking that uh, all members of each race possess characteristics or abilities specific to that race, especially so as to distinguish it as inferior or superior to another race. That's not a cultural word. So you're right that, that he's incorrect in using that because that's hijacking it, talking about culture. Yep. Which is that culturism? Culturalism. <laughs> culturalism. Yeah, I think that's 
Probably. Don't you think that's probably a term if they haven't used it? And, and I to? don't think that, that that is evil at all to have an no. idea that our I was culture say, is better such, than another Nazi culture. Germany was a good culture. I mean, we want... If there's such a thing as culturalism, I'd have to be guilty of that. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I don't want to live in the culture of inner city, welfare, gang-infested community. Right. That's a culture. Right. High illegitimacy rate. And I, I don't want it. So is my culture in this part of the country, in this part of the state, better than that? Mm, yeah. I, yeah, I think so. And and it's not racism. No, it's, it's culturalism. Race. Yeah, so it is. Pig. Let's, <laughs> well, let's see. Is that, a, is that a term? Cultural pig. <laughs> Culturalism. That's, no, no. No, <laughs> not crossing the line. Culturalism. Oh, let's see. Oxford Dictionary, which is truth. Culturalism. <laughs> On the Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> noun, a culturalist viewpoint or set of beliefs, a theoretical approach emphasizing the significance of culture, especially in determining individual behavior and the way in which society functions. Okay. How about a cultural list? It's a term used in anthropology to denote a theory that all societies are trying to create different cultural identities, philosophical and political ideology opposing multiculturalism, and also a concept studied by Polish-American philosopher and sociologist Florian Znanik. (laughs) I want to go back to my question, though. Why? Why? Why tear it down? Why tear it down at the race level? What's the what's the end? So the end game is one world government. Okay. Oh, is it strictly chaos? But what what is the create chaos? So how does a how does an entity or how do you foresee an entity coming in and saving us from that chaos? But it's not. They're not just tearing it down on the race level. They're tearing it down at the sex level too. Yeah, with great. homosexuality. So there everything that that a person would define themselves on, on check boxes, you know, if you're filling out a mm-hmm. form or whatever, mm-hmm. they are breaking it down. I would say it's a pretty different level though. I don't I don't think we are having violent crime news stories perpetuated at the gender no, transgender level. But we're destroying the, those anchors that held people together. We're destroying the family, we're destroying the church. So I see the I see the the for me the writing on the wall is completely clear that mm-hmm. the Affordable Care Act also known as Obamacare mm-hmm. easily created an environment in which at some point the government is going to have to swoop in and save, save. us all yeah. that's it mm-hmm. that's yeah. that but yes. how so I where I'm lost is we are creating civil not we they, someone, is creating civil unrest, how is that going to be saved? How, how do you swoop Global in? Global government. But how do you, okay, but how do you swoop in and and fix the unrest? Because they're creating hate. He hates me now because I'm white. Mm-hmm. But what happens, there's so always a pendulum. That? There's always a pendulum. Things happen. Like um, in, in Australia, the the thing that caused the nation to give up their guns was there was this uh, mass murder event mm-hmm. in the 90s i think it was the thing that caused the the british people to give up their guns some guy went into a scottish uh, uh daycare elementary school and killed like 30 kids and then everybody so there's going to be event 
that is going to be so catastrophic. Like maybe it's maybe it's a cyber attack. Maybe it's a nuclear weapon going a, off. You think that event is going to cause us to kumbaya and love each other's races again? Well, what no. Ha- what, what happened? Uh, what happened after nine one one? People came together for a short period of time, and that was just a little thing. But that also brought in the Patriot Act, which allowed the government yep. to have a whole lot of control that no one really knows about. But so you think something horrible, on a huge national scale, is going to? bring us together as race or well, bring people to our knees well, so that we'll look for a savior. I think that it's going to take diversion, maybe, maybe, but something that is going to cause us to be so ready and willing to give up our freedom. Yes. To, to then freedom usher in, to usher in. Yeah. We got to be safe. And so we'll give up something to be safe. Do you think race could be used right now uh, or is being used potentially as just the really easy emotional diversion from the real news that's going on. Do you think it's well, okay. coincidental that there were racial news stories that incited hate right that after diverted, Hillary got off <laughs> that diverted us from the FBI right. news yeah. that that Hillary was is not going to be charged? Well, there's that, but don't you? But consider this because it is an emotional. Well, and then, way, and it's then, an emotional way to divert people well, very quickly during the Orlando shooting. Um, Obama released a terrible terrorist from Gitmo. Yeah. Who talked about that? Yeah. Nobody. Yeah. But consider now. I'm I'm going to say this, and you tell me what you think. And be, and be no, honest. we don't really speak our minds very often. <laughs> and that is, yes, some kind of global thing. But what is going on right now is America is going to become like Europe. We're destroying. Um, the churches, we're destroying the family, we're destroying a sense of right and wrong to usher in a time where there's a catastrophic event that reinforces in people's minds that there is no God, or if there is a God, it's not a good God. So government has to be the answer. Or a man has to be an answer. Okay. Or multiple gods. Your your method is one method, mm-hmm. but there's multiple methods. Or, or, but, but maybe the Christian God is the is the bad God. And so it's, well, it's that's clearly true. It it is trying to uh, create this this because environment, he's intolerant. of course, right to, to bring sin. an antichrist. Yeah, I'd like to just point out, which has nothing to do with anything that we've talked about, is that America is, or at least was, so great that we left the European Union two hundred years before England even thought about it. We're <laughs> <laughs> <Or> pre- preventive. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> And it wasn't like we flew over here in five or six hours. We risked scurvy and death. Mm-hmm. And um, now, when you say we, is that because you identify with your? You're right. You're right. With your ancestors, mm-hmm. is that similar to the reason in which why we need to have compensation for some races? Re- reparations? What? Rep- reparations? Yes. Wow. See my great great. So should Great we provide you with a medi- black slave? So, so we I'm, should. I'm we good to go. Should, we should provide you with reparations. No, I can say black African. Yeah, but she was African from Africa. Yeah, there but I can say black African. I can because so, you are because so, I'm part because you're partially partially. <laughs> so are you? Will you no, be? Am. Will you be able to receive? I'm hoping slavery I'm ho- reparations. I want your house is what I want. I ain't going nowhere. Okay, is this not <laughs> similar to the reparations, I guess, or that idea that really? we have tried for the natives, for Indians? Put them on reservations, yeah. <laughs> to help them out. Yeah. 
that their sovereign nation, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. even though they mm-hmm. have no sovereignty other than you know they have their own plates, they have their own police force. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. I I think it should be okay. You want to be sovereign? Okay, we'll put a a fence all the way around, and you elect, you know, but, premiers. And if you want to leave, you got to get a visa and stamp it and whatnot. I mean, yeah. put border control at the you edge know, of every the, reservation. The problem with that is, what are some of the retired people going to do if they can't sit in front of a slot machine at seven o'clock in the morning? Yeah, that's a good point. That's on the edge. You walk in outside the border, but if you want to go in all the way, then you that's have to what go the heroin. The oh, I see. So on the, <laughs> right. on the outside of the fence is actually that's the entry point. <laughs> right. Into, so right. you Through can go casino. in. You can go into the casino, and if you walk out the front door, you're on this side. Mm-hmm. If you walk out the back door, you're well, on the other side. Yeah, you could. You could just get get a passport and just. I mean, I mean, you get a, probably you need a new passport every three weeks because it's stamped like four times a day. But, um, <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> So okay. that would also increase revenue and yeah. uh, for the United States. It was nice knowing you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll send flowers to the funeral. There will be no Yeah, there will be nowhere to send flowers because you'll just go missing. I, uh, but I do wonder, I wonder how, are, how is the recovery process going to look? I can, I can see so easily the government's going to swoop in and save us from the big bad insurance companies the mm-hmm. big bag hel- big bad the big bag the big bad healthcare hey, don't companies don't say that about her <laughs> yeah <laughs> kleptillery yeah so i mean that that's easy the government's going to come in and swoop in and save us because none of us can afford healthcare and it's going to go even deeper into the toilet but how are they going to save and repair the hate but that it, they are i don't developing? think that's a point i think the point is to create such chaos that maybe we kill each other off because was it the chairman Mao that said in order to um, subdue a population, you have to eliminate 20, 20% oh, of them. Yeah. 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 So it, what's the goal there? Well, you know, you had the cultural revolution in China in the mid seventies and you had these young people that went around, did crazy things, horrible things. But the reality is eventually you grow out of that. Um, they did the same thing in Cambodia. They do it in a lot of places and eventually, that that's not something that can be sustainable for a long period of time. So what it does, it destroys, but it doesn't it it doesn't breed anything. It doesn't create anything. All it does is destroy. And the people that are participating in it, when they hit their thirties, if they survive their thirties into their thirties, they start they start seeing how ridiculous their behavior was when they're younger because it's because it becomes patently obvious Mm -hmm. because you become the person that you've been persecuting and you you see things from their perspective so it's not something that can can last this isn't a multi-generational thing this is a 10 year 20 year and then the pendulum is going to swing if that it's only been happening for the last two or three maybe yeah is that about right you think it's been happening longer? Maybe a little bit slower, but it seems well, they've to, been building up. But seems to be exponential. I bet you're I would, probably right. So I would submit, based on that concept, it's too early for somebody like Hillary to be elected because that's about unity. Sure. I would I would submit that we are going to see Mr. Trump elected only for the reason because he's still about division, build a wall. Stop well, but, the Muslims. But that would include that. That would assume Hillary is not for that. I think she's totally for that. But it, but it's on a different line. It's more on class and race. He's more clearly divisive 
whereas Hillary is if you're gonna if you're gonna continue to break down this this particular American society as a whole I don't think we have enough hate yet to really break us down so there's gonna have to be some clear incited hate over the next two three years and I don't know if that's the I don't know if that's out in the open. Oh, so um, Trump is the boogeyman to okay. amplify the okay. hatred. Trump's going to well, stir the pot. He's the hornet that's uh-huh. going to stir well, the pot. Well, but let's let's listen to a contrast between Today Bush and Obama at the Dallas. Those of us who love Dallas thing. and call it home. Just the tenor of their what they say in the family. Lauren, I see members of law enforcement every day. We count we count them as our friends. And we know, like for every other American, that their courage is our protection and shield. We're proud of the men we mourn and the community that has rallied to honor them and support the wounded. Our mayor and police chief and our police department have been mighty inspirations for the rest of the nation. We also know that centuries of racial discrimination of slavery and subjugation and Jim Crow. They didn't simply vanish with the end of lawful segregation. They didn't just stop when Dr. King made a speech or the Voting Rights Act and the Civil Rights Act were signed. With their deaths, we have lost so much. We are grief-stricken, heartbroken, and forever grateful. But America, we know that bias remains. We know it. Whether you are black or white or Hispanic or Asian or Native American or of Middle Eastern descent, we have all seen this bigotry in our own lives at some point. Every officer has accepted a calling that sets them apart. Most of us imagine if the moment called for that we would risk our lives to protect a spouse or a child. Those wearing the uniform assume that risk for the safety of strangers. They and their families share the unspoken knowledge that each new day can bring new dangers. But none of us were prepared or could be prepared for an ambush by hatred and malice. The shock of this evil still has not faded. If we're honest, perhaps we've heard prejudice in our own heads and felt it in our own hearts. We know that. And while some suffer far more under racism's burden, some feel to a far greater extent discrimination stink. None of us is entirely innocent. So no it's the cops' fault. Is entirely immune, and that includes our police departments. At our best, we honor the image of God we see in one another. We recognize that we are brothers and sisters, sharing the same brief moment on Earth, and owing each other the loyalty of our shared humanity. Your loss is unfair. We cannot explain it. We can stand beside you and share your grief. And we can pray that God will comfort you with a hope deeper than sorrow 
and stronger than death. May God bless you. The pain we feel may not soon pass. What a tool. But my faith tells me that they did not die in vain. I believe our sorrow can make us a better country. I believe our righteous anger can be transformed into more justice and more peace. Weeping may endure for a night, but I'm convinced joy comes in the morning. So, that to me is the contrast between the two ideologies. I mean, to and, and for me, this Hillary continues that perpetuation of division that Obama is clearly inciting from what it sounds like. And so I guess I don't see Hillary as a unifier at all. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know if Trump is either, but I, Obama has done nothing to heal any sort of racial disparity. If anything, he's caused it to be worse. No, I think it's been it's been worse. It's no different than what uh what Governor Dayton did. The idea Oh man, that was insane. The idea of uh I mean, if we if we just forget about the emotion, which I know is virtually impossible <laughs> at this point, but if mm -hmm. we just just look at how articles were written 20 years ago or 30 years ago, I guess yeah. it was. Look at an article from 30 years ago about a gunman and today about a gunman and what's absent. Right. Now the race or the color is mentioned it wasn't before so just the idea that we are again and i don't know how long it's been happening but we are again identifying people based off of color mm -hmm. in which 30 years ago it was absent from the news media or at least two major news media outlets so just identifying people as a color yeah changed changed the face I, I was thinking, um, if you've ever talked to somebody who's an atheist, doesn't believe in God, <clears throat> you can pretty quick, uh, to me it's kind of a, a waste of time in some ways, but um, one, one <laughs> question, <laughs> well, and I'll tell, you, to I'll, I'll tell you why, okay. is if you ask them a question, and the question is, what would it take for you to believe, mm -hmm. and they can't come up with what it would take for them to believe, then they are philosophically committed to this position. Right. So there's nothing that you can say that will change your mind. My question to this race issue, to these people that, that are complaining all, if, if you had a magic wand and you could wave it and make everything different, what would it take for racism to go away? What would it take, um, from your perspective, for you to be okay with white people? Well, or maybe for you if to there be was, people? Maybe if there was enough opportunity that a black man could become president. Or maybe if there was enough opportunity for a black woman to become secretary of state or attorney general. Yeah. I mean, if those if those opportunities existed for races J, other J, than J. white. Or, You're so naive. Or a black man on the Supreme Court. Sure. I mean, I mean if those opportunities existed, if, if it wasn't for the fact that we have a completely white presidency, um, a completely white male um, Supreme Court, if those opportunities existed for different races or colors, it probably would help facilitate less racism in this country we've got to get we've got to change that it's insane that everybody in the white house is white male yeah. male white. Yeah, even the career people that run the place i mean all white males all of them i think that's where it's got to start <laughs> that the opportunity has to exist really mm -hmm. i mean we don't have the opportunity uh 
Well, I shouldn't say we. They. Because I'm a white male. So yeah, I have, you're speaking for them. Yeah, I, so, have, I have every opportunity. Oh, here, here's the other thing that... Here's another thing that just popped in my mind, stream of consciousness. Uh-oh. But anyways, and that is the argument that since you're a male and you're not a female and you can't have children, you... Oh, you, you have to shut up. You, you can't have any say about anything. You can't understand You can't have an it. opinion. So... <clears throat> If that's the case, then on the flip side, then you can't have an opinion on what it's like for me to be a male. So you you can't talk to me about being a male or how a male should act because you're not a male. You don't know. Isn't it just maddening, though? We literally have a black president, a black woman secretary of state, a black, well, we used to. Did. Black AG. A black black woman AG, black Mm -hmm. man on the Supreme Court. Isn't but he's it, not really black. He's an Uncle Tom. Yeah, sorry. So right. that doesn't count. The wrong ideology. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Go ahead. Carry on. <laughs> Isn't it maddening that at this point, I mean, one of the greatest generals that's ever existed, in my opinion, Dwight D. Eisenhower? <laughs> he said one of. He said one of. <laughs> one of. Who invited him? <laughs> but, I mean, these people are not white males Mm -hmm. so at a time in history if we were to actually pull a history book and print today's role models in some of the top officials of this country that guide and lead this country and then try to convince somebody that this country is full of racism what would i mean so how does that happen if somebody was in a coma for 50 years and they snapped out of it and and uh, you said, well, you remember what it was like growing up 50 years ago and looking at the culture now based upon who's done what, they would have to come to the conclusion that, oh, my goodness, we are, this isn't, black people can drink from the same water fountain that white people can. They can go to any college they want to. They can do whatever. There's no job that is apart from that maybe other than being like the grand but this Poopa, i heard this clip on the, the adam curry brought it up on the last no agenda show um i know they hate to hear it's bill Maher. The one thing they hate to hear and i would never say that all republicans are racist but if you are a racist and you're looking for a political party this is the obvious well, this choice is the mousetrap at least I mean, right here eat this but, cheese but, and it, but it's not just trump i mean if you watch the republican debates they all follow this script of restore america i want my country back yeah. it, it's 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 subtle but it's not even that subtle they talk about obama and his presidency as if it just never even existed to me there's something racist there they say things like we got to put america back to work yeah did that that actually happened we put america back we got to rebuild our depleted military we didn't deplete the military it went up under obama like it went up under every president you know mike my explanation for birtherism if there is one is that he's playing to people who want to believe that somehow you can put an asterisk next to obama exactly and he wasn't really when you show that right. little book of color pictures yep. of presidents to the kids yes. when first learning about civics and you go through all the pictures from john adams all the way through and william henry harrison and they all look white and then right. you get to this guy they want to be able to say like you know like no they, they just don't like the idea of a black family eating off the white house china at least I, that doesn't incite hate no not at all and uh, again, elite white man it, saying it, that. It, Two go, of them. it goes back to if I disagree with you, it's because you're racist mm-hmm. or because you're black right. or whatever. Right. And no. 
But then he'll say stuff, I mean, reasonable stuff. Um, I mean, what he said about the China, they don't like, mm -hmm. okay, that is patently, obviously ridiculous. Right. But he won't call in, I mean, he won't call in anybody on it. But if, if somebody says that the Muslim religion is a religion of peace, he will instantly call on it. Yeah, that's true. <clears throat> but so he's got some truth there. So he's he's not committed to tr he's philosophically committed to this to this point of view, mm -hmm. and so there's nothing you can say that will change his mind on that. It just keeps going back to me. I understand tearing down values. I get I get where it's going. I understand the the tear down the moralistic value of what marriage is supposed to look like. The moralistic value of what. Uh, of what uh, sex or not sex is supposed mm -hmm. to look like, uh, relationship, religion. I, I understand how tearing that apart and hijacking the terms makes sense from in a top-down, we're going to brainwash you to think globally. I just struggle in how inciting hate on hate at the lowest level is... It, drives that agenda how do you recover from that unless i guess what david said makes some sense if you have an event that is nationally or globally catastrophic that diverts everybody's mm -hmm. attention away from the hate because we've been so diverted so distracted over hate stories as it is now so if we have something globalistic that that unites us because yeah. we weren't paying attention you know, Mar, on that last clip, he brings up the, you know, we put people back to work. Uh, if you actually look at actual data, the website called shadowstats.com. Yeah. Do you mean, are you talking about con uh, un unemployment. contextual statistics? Sure, how weird. <laughs> yes. Um, June 2016, the unemployment rate. What do you think? Because they're claiming it's what? Four, five, four percent, five percent? Four point nine. Mm -hmm. Are you talking yeah. about the the advertised unemployment rate or are you talking <laughs> the actual unemployment okay, rate because the unemployment rate that is advertised are the number of people receiving unemployment benefits so, so that's you're five percent so the, but the five percent is how many people are receiving unemployment benefits that are eligible to work that's not actually an unemployment statistic well but the official u3 number that the fed that the government puts out Mm -hmm. is about 4 or 5%, around 5%. Right, right but if you read what that statistic actually is, that is based off of, that is collect off of who is receiving unemployment benefits, is it not? Ultimately, yeah, that's true. Because if if you... Uh, yeah, well, I think you have to be in the system. You have to be currently looking for work and you don't have work. Yeah, right. so that you'd have to be in that unemployment the real, system, right? The real number to look at, other than you know the statistics that you're going to give, is the number of people that are actually in the workforce the number of people that are actually in the workforce, and that has gone down, which means if that goes down, then the unemployment rate can't go down, but it does, or it stays down. Anyways, you were saying? Well, if you look at actual people that aren't working, it's 22%. Yeah. Unemployed, you know, capable, able adults, 22%. That's not putting people back to work. That's 22% no. of eligible workers yes that do not have an income correct yep a reported income right yeah 
That's crazy. That's and I, I guess in order to have any job growth, you need to have, you need to start, I think, 150, 160,000 jobs every month just to be, to break even, just to compensate for the jobs lost based on retirement and death and different things. So in order to even grow job, have job growth, you have to get up to that number first. So anything above 150, 160, 150,000. Uh, is then actual job growth. But if they're saying we had job growth 140,000, you didn't grow. You lost. That's a net loss of jobs. Mm -hmm. But we don't, I mean, that's not, Well, they defined away people, too, that can't find a job. They call them discouraged workers. And they're they're not in the list, right? They don't put them in that category of They did the same thing with the uh, inflation rate. They have a thing called hedonics with the inflation rate, and that is... um, it's the principle of substituting one thing for another. So if, uh, say, steak is $5 a pound and it goes up to $7 a pound, that won't be reflected in the inflation rate. It going up from $5 to, you know, up 40%. Because if ground beef didn't go up and stayed the same or went down, people will just switch from the steak to the ground beef that's because only white privilege has steak. True. And so white it, trash. It doesn't count. Oh. I think they think that but kid that, called but, it a white boy privilege blankie. And the other thing they'll do... <laughs> <laughs> the, the other thing they'll do is they'll take computers, and uh, when a new computer comes out, if it costs more, but you can do more with it, then the inflation rate didn't go up because you get... More because you have more benefit out of it, so yeah. you you paid the same for the amount of use. Yeah. And so and and so many things are tied to this rate, like uh, the Social Security increase every year is tied to the inflation rate. Mm-hmm. You can keep the inflation rate low or non-existent, then you don't have to give uh, re- retirees an increase. Oh, every good, because there's no money in that account anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but in in all actuality, the inflation rate continually goes up, and s- shadow stats will. I'm sure he has uh, uh, inflation right there. The nice thing about inflation rate when it comes to a national um, uh, deficit is that the higher the inflation rate, the less um, the less debt hurts you because the inflation rate kind of uh, wears it away. Mm. So if you own a million dollars this year and the inflation rate is 10% next year, this year you could buy a million dollars worth of stuff with that million dollars. Next year you'll only be able to buy nine hundred thousand dollars with that. And so, in effect, in real real world, uh, the value of your debt continues to decrease the more the inflation rate goes up. Well, if you want to talk hijacking of terms, I mean, uh, most of the political rhetoric around budget does not actually talk about reducing <laughs> exactly. the budget. Yes. They talk about reducing the deficit. So we're just going into massive debt slightly <laughs> slower. slower. Right. Yeah. It's reducing yeah. the increase. The increase. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, we're reducing. We we didn't increase the increase as much as they increased <laughs> right. the increase. Yeah. <laughs> so we're better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but if you, talk to the, if you talk to the general average person that reads, you know, wow, the deficit was reduced under... So they 
Do you know what that really means? No. Mm-hmm. You know, well, we're paying off debt. No, no. no really. You, you are, are not, not adding even it as off, much. You're not even paying off the interest on the debt yet. Nope. Mm-mm. Crazy. Well. Yeah. Did we resolve sure. anything? Um, no. No. Fantastic. <laughs> that is We great. ran about the circle. We're good. <laughs> Bopping them on the heads. I allowed the, I allowed my tail to lead me. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh this is uh the David Allen show. A uh very special episode. Um <laughs> Are you talking like the Not short bus? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Uh Jay, it's been a pleasure. Um come back, do come back. Thanks for having Absolutely. me. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks this for is, allowing uh, me to ramble and uh Ramble. <laughs> I feel no, more funny. intelligent somehow. Strangely. <laughs> How about that? Uh, this is the David Allen Show, davidallenshow.com. Um, on Gmail. Uh, if you want to email us, davidallenshow at gmail.com. <laughs> Toodles? <What>? No. <laughs> uh, any last words? Any last uh, parting thoughts you guys have? Uh, don't be stupid. That's lame. Jay? <laughs> uh, what if stupid is just part of my DNA. Okay. Huh. <laughs> you go. <laughs> don't be, Make don't a run. name for yourself. <laughs> don't run with scissors. <laughs> nice. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, DavidAllenShow.com uh, We will see you next week. Thanks for listening. Yes. Toodles. <laughs>